Hey, uh, it's been a hell of a week, but I mean, I think the past 52, 54, 60 weeks have all been pretty much hell of a week by the time it gets to this point. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, if you're hearing the sound of my voice, you made it through another week. Congratulations. You are now tuned into our weekly conversation. It's called Hashtag, and it features myself, yours solitaire, uh, yours truly solitaire, DJ Reddy Fox, and no better Nina. Maybe we uh, Good evening. Maybe we should explain again for people that might be new to listening to our podcast. You're so right, right? How this works, because you had a funny story about a friend. You don't have to say their name, but tell us the story. (laughs) And then um, actually, Nina, are you recording right now? Because we didn't hear that uh, warning thing. Uh, No, not yet. So do it. Do it now so that we don't have to be surprised by it when you just do it randomly while we're talking. Okay, ready, set, go. Recording in progress. <laughs> there you go. Thanks. It actually, that was. It does make it sound kind of official. Yeah. So, um, okay, so I don't want to leave. If I don't want to be recorded, I can leave now. I like that feature. Right. So <laughs> let's explain how this podcast hybrid radio show thing works that we're doing here. Right. Okay. And so why we're you... explaining it? Okay, so we're explaining <laughs> it. So a friend of mine. For everybody who listens to the podcast, you already know what it is. We do this. We record the radio portion. But during the commercial breaks, we cut loose and talk mad shit, make curse a little bit, make it a little grimy, make it a little, you know, nasty. That's realer. Yes, realer. (laughs) So a friend of mine who didn't realize that this was how it was done, he sent me a message. He's like, yo, I don't know if you know this, but after you say you're going to commercial break, it's still recorded and it played everything you guys said during the radio break. <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah, I know. I know. That's, that's the podcast. I love it. So the, way, so the reason we do this is obviously uh, since the pandemic started, we have been locked out of the studio. So we aren't able to do our shows live every Saturday morning on Vibe 105 from 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Shameless plug. Uh, so we've been doing it remotely. And as a result, we turned it into a podcast version where we can have an uncensored, more grittier conversation and save the tidied up portions for the radio. So that's why you'll hear me say before the commercial break for the radio, I say, for those of you who are listening to the radio, stay tuned. We'll be right back. For those of you who are listening to the podcast, stay with us. So apparently he missed that last He missed that part. part. (laughs) I don't understand why, because he heard the call out for the commercial break. And I say it during every commercial break, but maybe he was going for that. Aha, I got you moment. But guess what? I got you back. No, I I appreciate it because suppose we didn't realize it and we were fucking up. (laughs) Yeah, and your friend didn't say anything. So well, he wouldn't be my pre- friend. Oh, that's why. Like he was looking out for us, so I appreciate that. Thank you, whoever yeah, so. that friend is. But uh, yeah, how was your week, people? Um, Nina, how was your week? Oh, <laughs> Nina week had a good week. <laughs> Nina had a great week. My week was good. I got a new job. He's a working girl. (laughs) No more financial hardships. (laughs) Financial freedom is in my future. You know what that means, Reddy? What? She's going (laughs) to leave hashtag. No, no, no. no, no. no, no, I'm staying on hashtag. I wasn't going to say that, but I was going to say baby bump. Oh. No, no. Don't even say that. My boyfriend is like, yo, let's have a baby right now. I'm like, are you stupid? (laughs) <laughs> he but wants to really bad. Well, that's good. That's yeah, Nina, Nina. That's a good thing. 
I know it's a good thing, but I'm like, buddy, like, I'm trying to be engaged and married first, and then we can have our kids. I want to do stuff with you first. (laughs) Facts, facts. See, now that's the sound of a young lady who has her head on straight. Exactly. So proud of you. Thanks. Look at you. (laughs) Look at that. All jobbed up and doing the tab. Yep, and not having kids. And not having kids. For now. Yeah, for now. For now. Okay, congratulations, um, Nina. Congrats. A round of applause if we had thanks, a sound effect nice. and cheers, stuff. Whatever. Cheers, congratulations. Cheers. Yeah. Thank you. Nice. Okay. Well, it's just um, grape juice. It's just grape juice. Is it? No, it's not. Yeah, yeah it's grape juice. I Maybe thought it was wine. Okay. It, it looks like rose. Okay. Uh, well, rose is made from grapes, isn't it? I guess. Sure. All right. So can we, we should just start the radio show. Oh, you don't care going. how I am? You don't care how my week was? Oh, yeah. Well, I thought we. No, that's had... okay. That's okay. I'll play it. I'll play it. You're so dumb. You are dumb. All right. Ready. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. It is Saturday, June the 12th. We are back. Just like I said, we took a little Naomi Osaka for May due to our concern for our mental health. And we advocate that you do that as well. But we are back. It is Sunday, Sunday, Saturday, June the 12th. Welcome to Hashtag, ladies and gentlemen. Yours truly, Solitaire, DJ, Ready Fox, No Better, Nina, Good morning. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Good morning. How are you guys doing? Uh, I guess okay. It's been a heavy week again. Like, 2021 is not letting up anymore. So, like, it's no. just 2020 has just been rolling into 2021 now with this news that we'll talk about, of course, coming mm-hmm. out of London, Ontario. So, it was a heavy week news-wise, but oh, it was hot. It was hot yeah. outside. Yeah, it was hot outside. What about you, Nina? How are you doing? I'm, I'm doing good. I'm just I'm positive. I'm happy that... We're slowly opening back up. I got my reservations booked for patios for the next three weeks. I'm ready to go. Yep. I'm not playing. Canada Day included. You don't say. Well, that's good. That's good. I I, I will say that um, uh, just quickly, I want to get right to it because uh, I heard through the grapevine, through the Doug Ford grapevine, that if you have your first dose of the vaccine, you could fast forward to get your second dose. Um, I heard the news. I immediately went to the website and then I realized that it said as of June 14th. I was like, oh, right. And that's only if you got your first dose on or before May 9th. I got mine on May the 8th. You're lucky I got mine on May 14th. Uh, uh, see, look at you. You unvaccinated. So there you go. Monday then. So it starts Monday. Yes. Yes, that's Monday. So uh, welcome to the program, ladies and gentlemen. Of course, we appreciate everybody for tuning in. All of our loyal listeners who tune in and and engage with us uh, on a week-to-week basis, please continue to follow us and support us. Our Instagram and Twitter handle is at hashtag vibe105, okay? Um, And uh, ladies and gentlemen, if you're listening to this right now, Lockdown's done. Stay at home. <laughs> Go out if you're if you're listening to this. Hopefully, you're listening to it in your car or like on a radio, on a patio somewhere. Yeah, if you're, it's a Saturday morning on a patio. On a patio, <laughs> you know, maybe if you're Russian, maybe you're sucking on sugar cubes and coffee, or if you're <laughs> Colombian, I don't know. Whatever you're doing, I hope you're outside and enjoying yourself during this pandemic summer 21. I think it's going to be a, a better summer than last year. We'll I think so. We'll see. But at le- and happy for the restaurants, too, that they can have their patios open now. Yes, um, so that's yes. good news for the restaurants because they needed it. Oh, mm-hmm. my God. They sure did. So um, before we get into uh, the meat and potatoes of today's show, let's go over to Nina with the poll question of the week. Okay. So 
Last week, we asked, after the horrific discovery of the remains of over 215 children being found at the site of a former residential school in BC, we want to know if you remember being taught about residential schools while in elementary or high school. The options were, yes, I learned about it, no, I had no idea, or yeah, but not in detail. And so 14% of people said they learned about it. The other 14% said they learned about it, but not in detail. And 71% of people said that they had no idea. Wow. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Not surprised by that. I'm not surprised by that. I, it's like, disappointing, you know, I but not surprising, I guess. Right. Yeah. Of course. Extremely disappointing. Mm-hmm. Now, this week we're asking... In case you guys didn't know, this is some news I paid a lot of attention to. Uh, now that Canadians will no longer be required to do a 14-day quarantine after traveling abroad, if fully vaccinated, are you reconsidering getting your vaccine? Your options are, yes, I just booked my first appointment. No, it's infringing our rights. Or, I already have mine because I knew this was going to happen. So, head over to hashtag 5105 on Twitter and Instagram to make your vote count. Excellent, excellent. Ready? Any progress on uh, booking your appointment yet? Not yet. No, I'm registered, but I haven't heard back from uh, the whatever the registry thing that said I would get an email or a text message. Gotcha. Um, so, but there's another way of booking a vaccine that I may look into as well that can be done quicker. Someone else gave me. There's so many different website variations of like Toronto.ca or Ontario.ca that you can right. go to yeah. to register. So I'm going to try a different one. Um, and see if I can get one a little sooner, but we'll see. But so far, nothing yet or whatever. But just going back to the original results from that poll question before, it's so disappointing, again, that um, people had no idea about residentials. I, and this is the same thing I said last week when we were talking about it, that um, I think this was like the George Floyd moment for a lot of people when it comes to residential school systems or in Canada, because you might have heard about it, but you really didn't understand how bad it was or how damaging it was for the Indigenous uh, community right. and for generations. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, man, I, I remember, I mean, I, I, I would have to say in elementary school, I do remember learning a lot about the indigenous communities. Like I learned about firewater and how basically they were swindled. They were, their land was stolen. It wasn't like, you know, people say they signed treaties. It's like, no, they were swindled into signing treaties. You know what I mean? Like, so I, I would have to say that I did learn about that. But it would come as no surprise. I went to a Catholic school and they definitely didn't talk about residential schools, not in any capacity. So it's, you know, it's definitely a reckoning moment. We'll see. We'll see how the Canadian government is handling it. They're definitely trying to pass the buck and blame it all on the church. But they are both culpable in equal parts. But of course, we'll talk about that a little bit later. Real quick, though, Nina, do you like how much did again? I'm sure we asked you this last week, but I'll ask you again, like uh how much do you remember being taught about residential schools in school? Not in, not a lot in detail. Like I don't, I, I don't recall ever being told like it was the police or the church who was taking these children. Like right. they just said like they would take them. And it was like, who's they like just random Canadians would take the indigenous children. Like, you know, so right. I knew that there was residential schools where they try to assimilate them into Canadian cultures, how, how they put it to me, right. those exact terms, just assimilating them, not saying how, um, like brutal it was for these children so yeah that's kind of the gist of what i learned okay do you want to do the poll question one more time real quick yep uh so this week's poll question yeah yep okay yeah so for this week we're asking now that canadian citizens will no longer be required to do a 14-day quarantine after traveling abroad 
if fully vaccinated, are you reconsidering getting your vaccine? The options are, yeah, I just booked my first appointment. No, it's infringing our rights or I already have mine. So head over to hashtag vibe 105 on Twitter and Instagram to make your vote count. Uh, thank you very much, Nina. Uh, listen, uh, I'm over this vaccine conversation. So <laughs> I, I, I actually had a, I was speaking to some people about it and they're like, you know, I told somebody that is very much an anti-vaxxer and like, you know, into like holistic healing and believes that, you know, you can heal through diet and, and meditation. And uh, I listened to him and he just, you know, he's like, yeah, yeah, you know, so I, I'm not taking no government like science juice. He's like, what about you, Sally? What do you, you think? What have you thought? I was like, oh, I, I got my first dose. <laughs> he's like, oh, he's like, oh, 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 really? He's like, oh, I might have to, I might have to check on you like in a couple of weeks. I'm like, yeah, I got it a month ago. I'm, I'm good, right. <laughs> but, but I don't get, I don't get into the debate. It's, it's pointless. But yeah. I don't want to disparage people that feel that way because there are a lot of people that truly believe in natural remedies for healing yourself in terms of like they don't want to take any sorts of medicines. They're not going to take a Tylenol if they have a headache. So I don't think those type of people or the people that think that way should be disparaged in this case because they're just staying true to their roots. They don't oh. want to take anything that's not natural to them. So the vaccine is just an extension of that as it is already. So that group of people, I, I have no qualms with them. Like they've been living their life that way already. It's the ones who say the microchip stuff. That <laughs> there was a woman in the States that was arguing that it magnetizes your skin. Oh. Yeah, I've seen so many TikToks of people doing that. And I'm like, you guys are like, we're not dumb. You just put tape on the other side. I have a hilarious <laughs> clip about a woman who tried to do that in the States, like in one of those government, like whatever they go in and they like, they give a testimony or whatever. Yeah. yeah. It's hilarious. But you're ex ready, Vox. That's exactly what it is. And I'm like, I'm not one of these people that's going to get into the debate. When he said that, he was talking about it. I didn't be like, yo, you're crazy. Vaccines are saving lives. I just listened to him. And I was like cool. I respect oh, that. Yeah. You know what I mean? But it was just funny that his reaction to me was like, oh, I got to check on you every two weeks. And I'm kind of like, yo, fam, I'm, I'm good. But yeah. anyway, uh, just so you know, if you are in a hot zone, uh, Doug Ford, Doug hot failed. Spot. Big fail. Hot Nina. spot. Hot spot. What did I say? Hot zone. Hot zone. Hot zone. Hot spot. <laughs> Nina, stop it. All right. Uh, starting June 14th, individuals who received their first dose on or before May 9th, present, that was me, uh, and live in the Delta hotspots. Delta, by the way, is apparently the new variant from India. They don't want to call it the Indian variant anymore because they, they hear how that sounds. Did they, is that what they call it? Yeah. I think so, yeah. That's the reason why they said they were going to start to use Greek letters like Alpha, you know, Vita, ah, Gamma, whatever, okay. variants, instead of saying the Chinese variant, the Indian right, variant, right. the Canadian variant, like, you know. <laughs> well, so I, 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 what I basically did just now is just put India on blast is what you're saying. You, so yeah, sort of, yeah, just say I Delta, thought, man. Listen, just say Delta. Delta. Dundo. Dun, listen, I would go to India right now. I'm just playing with you, but it's, it is what it is. Okay. So uh, if you're in the Delta hotspots, you can book your accelerated second dose appointment starting on June 14th in these regions. Hull, Peel, Porcupine. I didn't even know there was a place called Porcupine. Is this a real place? I know it's a region, apparently. Shouts out to all my peoples out in Porcupine, yo. Porcupine, Let's Ontario. Go. What's good? Porcupine, Ontario. Uh, Toronto, Waterloo, Wellington, Dufferin, Guelph, and York. They don't okay? walk around barefoot in Porcupine, Ontario. They walk around barefoot. 
Oh, oh, what? 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 Never mind. Never mind. Sorry. Continue. <laughs> All right, ladies well, and gentlemen. There, but... They can't. Oh, They're not allowed. They cannot. Oh, they can't. Never mind. I get it. <laughs> that was a dad joke. That's what that was. All right, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, we're going to go into this week's round of uh, hashtag headlines. We call them, Have You Heard? Now, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to start off with this new story that I wanted to cover last week, but I'm going to highlight it this week. I have not, I'll be honest with you, I haven't followed up the story any further because it's been a little bit of a hectic week, but I'm hoping that um, there have been some positive developments. Uh, CBC News reported on a black Metrolink, two black Metrolink workers who were fired for failing background checks. Uh, and they made their case before the Human Rights Tribunal. Um, this goes back to a story in May 2019. Tyru Taban and Jocelyn Mouncy were abruptly fired from their newly acquired dispatcher jobs with Metrolinks. Mouncy was fired only one day after starting her new job, and Taban was fired about a month and a half later for the same reason. They had apparently both failed their Toronto police background checks. Now, these are people, two individuals who do not themselves have a criminal background. What? Okay? They did not have a criminal background. And the thing about it is that really makes this a very frustrating case is they don't have to disclose why they chose to fire these two people. <laughs> yeah. How is this? So, oh, sorry, go on. Yeah, no, That's okay. That's okay. So uh, last year, uh, they filed complaints with the Human Rights Tribunal of Ontario against Metrolinx and the Toronto Police Services Board, alleging discrimination on the basis of race and systemic anti-black racism. Mm -hmm. uh, Mouncey said, we hear the term systemic racism being tossed around in the media, but very rarely are we provided with concrete examples. And this is a perfect example to show that a rule and a regulation that may have been made in good faith does, does have underlying issues. Now, obviously, when it comes to this, uh, this policy of background checks, and it's not just about you, apparently, it's also who you're affiliated with. And that's why when we're talking about carding and certain issues where you have minority groups who are targeted and whether or not they actually are charged with a crime, the fact that they may come up in these police databases and somebody like Metrolinx goes to do a criminal background check and it shows that you've had an interaction with police, they can now use that as grounds so, I mean, this woman was fired one day after she started her job. It's crazy. Have you guys ever experienced that kind of like discrimination in your workplace? I mean, maybe not so much you, Nina, but um, <laughs> Reddy Fox, is it? Have you ever like felt like you were being discriminated against in your workplace without any recourse? No, well, no, I've been lucky for the jobs that I've had that I've been treated fairly well or whatever. But this is, yeah, that's the first thing I was thinking of when. You said that they don't have any criminal records and they don't know why they failed this background check. I immediately thought of carding. I thought right. that what if they had an interaction with the police and they're in the system somewhere there now and their name pops up even though they didn't commit any crimes or whatever. And this is why it's so important for the police to share the data and information that they have, which they refuse to. They continue to refuse to to this day. Right. And, 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 and oh, what were you going to say, I was going to say, I never knew that like with carding, like, if they stopped you, whatever, and carded you and stuff, I didn't know that it went into the database and actually, like, did this kind of damage. I had no idea that that actually happened. Like, I just thought they just carded you, and I was like, okay, well, go ahead. we're speculating that that could be the reason, but the fact is that that was happening. People were getting yeah. stopped for no reason, disproportionately, of course, black and brown people, and your name is just getting put into a system, even though you didn't commit any crimes. And now look at the story. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. There you go. And and just like you said, Ready Fox, depending on where you live in the city, depending on the police presence that may be in your neighborhood, all of these factors can come into play. And even if these issues are brought up, there's no due process to explain. So it's like they fire you because you failed a criminal background check, and that's all they have to disclose to you. So both of these individuals are seeking $80,000 in damages, permanent jobs at Metrolink. I don't know if, <laughs> when I saw that, I was like, I don't know if I would want to work at a place that already has shown that they have discriminatory practices but nevertheless gainful employment is gainful employment so i hope that that works out well hopefully the lawsuit works out then yeah because don't you don't have to work there but get some money from them absolutely Mm -hmm. so they're they're looking for the wages benefits and pensions that they would have earned since they were fired as well as all the documentation about them removed from the toronto police files all right. Uh, they're both requesting that the Ontario Human Rights Commission investigation into Metrolink's hiring practices and Toronto Police background checks. And of course, uh, Metrolink's and the Toronto Police Services Board filed responses with the Human Rights Tri- Tribunal last year, denying that they discriminated <laughs> against Taban and Mouncey, but were rather following necessary security protocols. I really, really despise the fact that they get to hide behind this. They shouldn't be able to. Hopefully with the lawsuit, you you can say that's fine that you haven't discriminated and that you're following security protocols or whatever, but then you have to give these men or these people a reason. You have to tell them what the reason was for why. You can't just say, oh, well, something came up. And... Absolutely. And my thing is, my... my, uh, Listen... If you are being fired and there's something in your record that comes up as a point of concern, I think that as an individual with no criminal background, no charges, you should have a right to know what that is. Because if that's going to affect your possibility of future employment, mm-hmm. it's just disgusting. That's crazy. But anyway, we'll, we'll keep an eye on that story. I'll, I haven't had a chance to follow up with it, so I'll look more into it for next week. But moving on to one more story. We're a little bit short on time. Uh, rehiring is finally back on the t- for, table for restaurants. As Ready Fox, uh, uh, we let you know off the top of the show, patios will be opening up this uh, weekend. We're excited about that. Nina's but, excited. Uh, Nina's Very. excited. <laughs> but oddly enough, speaking of the uh, the uh, the employment climate, sixty uh, percent of uh, staff are either not coming back due to the fact that they found something different, or they have moved out of the city. And this is according to Laura Pankova. She's the general manager of Cibo Wine Bar in downtown Chibo, Toronto. Chibo. Chibo. I'm pretty sure it's Chibo. Cibo. Okay. That's all, all right. my Italian friends say it. Okay, fair. I, you know, I'll listen to the Italians. So, uh, but basically. Um, there are 364,000 fewer people working in accommodation and food service sector compared to February 2020. This is according to Statistics Labor Force Survey, uh, S- Statistics Canada's Labor Force Survey. Now, before COVID-19, the restaurant sector was already struggling to fill their positions. They had 60,000 approximately vacant position, positions, according to the industry group Restaurants Canada. But the pandemic has exacerbated that. Uh, and uh, staffing challenges are pretty much the same across the country. This is according to Mark Von Schweltz. (laughs) I'm sure I messed that up in the tradition of hashtag. Um, He's the vice president of Restaurant Canada's Western Group, and he said, with the stops and starts of the restrictions and difficulties with COVID, 
A lot of our previous employees in BC and Alberta have gone on and found jobs in other careers that weren't so impacted by COVID because they just couldn't handle the uncertainty. I can definitely relate. But what I think there is the, um, what a lot of industry experts are saying, there is a kind of a silver lining to this because of the increased competition for good workers, it could lead to positive changes in the employment conditions. We're talking about, you know, job security. We're talking about medical benefits, higher wages, tips. So these are going to be arguing points. And I've heard from some restaurant owners that they're literally going in. They've had other restaurant owners come to their restaurant and try to poach their staff. Wow. That's how short staffed they are. You know what? And the, the whole way that gets solved is raise the minimum wage. It's as mm-hmm. simple as that. A lot of, I'm sure a lot of people wouldn't mind working in a restaurant if it would help them pay their bills, put food mm-hmm. on the table and a roof over their head. But because I'm sure it's not as much money as what's required in such an expensive city like Toronto that it, obvious, it's hard for these guys to find people to work in these jobs because it's not going to help you have a livable wage i don't think precisely mina have you ever worked at a a restaurant job no actually uh unless you can't subway but i was 13 then um (laughs) and i was only for three months but no i never did a restaurant i just uh, i i feel like i'm too anxious for that i'll drop someone's plate or something (laughs) (laughs) oh man well listen if you are looking for a job uh in the restaurant industry, in the service industry. Well, guess what? They're definitely hiring. So, uh, and they're hiring on the spot. That's how desperate they are for workers. Cause as you can imagine, it's going to be pretty busy this weekend and throughout the summer. It's hard working in restaurants, man. That's hard hard, work. It is hard. Tip your waiters, tip your service people, be a good patron. And ladies and gentlemen, that's all the time we have for, have you heard, uh, today, Right now, we have to go to commercial and pay the bills. For those of you who are listening to us on the radio, stay tuned. We'll be right back. For those of you listening to the podcast, stay with us. Podcast time. (laughs) Are you doing that for your friend now that's listening? Absolutely. Absolutely. They know now. You don't have to keep rubbing it in on the. No, rubbing it. Rubbing it. It's fine. Of course. See? See? Scorpio. Scorpio. See? Scorpio's no. That's how we do it. Excuse me, man. Oh, those were that was an adventurous first segment. Yeah, it was. Oh, wow. how, how, how were you guys kept trying to keep vamping? Like, oh, where did this guy go? Oh, <laughs> I just looked at Reddy and I was like, Sully's not here anymore. <laughs> and he's like, is he no. gone? I'm like, I don't know what happened. So I have t- I have two laptops. I got two laptops one for my bitches one for my business stop it but you know people listening may not even know what we're talking about because my editing skills are going to be so immaculate you should probably tell people that your your computer just died on you in the middle of the segment last year died on me and and what i was gonna i was explaining this laptop is i must say it's been through the ringer it's about 10 years old and the only reason i don't do my show on my new laptop is because my setup my audio setup uh, doesn't uh, connect to my new laptop. So I've been recording my show uh, on my old laptop. And as you can see, like uh, all things old and frail, it's temperamental. And it decided, <laughs> uh, I'm taking a break. Took a little break. Uh, I thought I was going to have to, co- I, I had my, uh, I grabbed my, I grabbed my headphones. I was like, oh, I gotta, I gotta do the show with my headphones now. Mm. But um uh, it uh, took it took pity on me and and it came back on. Right. I would have had a heart attack if I was you. Oh no, I'm used to it. It's it's tech stuff. Now this is this is easy. It gets 
the pressure gets on when you're in a session and they're paying full rate and then the computer crashes like two or three times. Oh, God. Oh, That's pressure. That looks unprofessional, yeah. That's pressure. But do you have anything on that computer or do you have it backed up? No, I keep. I, I don't leave anything on the computer. When it, oh. For audio stuff, you always want to keep your stuff on an external drive for that specific reason. Plus, it's not just my computer. It's a studio computer. So We're on podcast time. You might as well plug the studio while we're doing it. We- for Sound Media Studios. Uh, oh, by the way, I have to put the link. I keep forgetting. Uh, we are nominated for Best Recording Studio in the City uh, for the Toronto, the Toronto Stars Readers Poll. Uh, oh, Readers that's Poll. That's yeah, so we're nominated nice. for that. Shouts out to uh, to the whole Four Sound Media team. My partners, Will De Niro, Cortez, and Mailman. The website is uh, Four Sound, the number four soundmedia.com. And uh, we do recording, we do mixing, we do production, artist development, the whole, the whole nine. So shouts out to Four Sound Media. All right. That's my plug. Nina, might as well, since we're doing the plug shit. Oh, it's not going to be for much longer. You're not going to do the things anymore? I was about to say. Because of the job. You're full time now. That's that's, that's part time. That's that's like low time. I would have liked to keep doing it. I did ask if I could do videos in the evening, but they want the videos as fresh as possible, obviously, because the news comes out like first thing in the morning they pick. Right, right. Um, But for now, for the next couple weeks, you guys can still catch me on YouTube on the Things Extra, reporting on all things pop culture news. Uh, My last video was, I think, on Kim Kardashian, the Kardashians. No, I did another one on Monday about, oh, Meghan Markle and Harry having their baby. Had a baby. Oh, whatever. Okay, so let me ask you guys (laughs) this. You sure don't watch my videos. (laughs) Well, no, yeah, no. Yeah, watch Nina's videos. I just don't care about, like... Megan and Mark. I care about Megan Markle's Megan. baby. Uh, you care about I care it? About the black, I care about the black blue blood. That kid <laughs> probably looks whiter than... Probably. Blanket. No matter. <laughs> One drop rule, baby. He black. I guess so. He probably he is, black. but I'm just He's saying... Look at he black. He, it's a girl. Oh, yeah, that's right. Little, little bit. Lilibet. You know Lilibet. why they named her Lilibet? Because when the queen was a baby, she couldn't say her own name, Elizabeth, and she kept calling herself Lilibet. So that's why they named her Lilibet. Oh, okay. Really? That's interesting. Yeah. Are you sure about that? Yeah. Come on, bro. I reported the news. Okay. Yes. Right. <laughs> Anyways, okay. We're going to move into politics as usual soon. So let me ask you guys this, and people listening to the podcast can hear this as well. Um, three things that I was going to talk about, of course, the tragedy in London, Ontario, but also uh, the Pope... Um, not offering an apology for the residential schools, as well as the statue getting torn down there at Ryerson. Do you guys think I should start with the Pope stuff and the Ryerson stuff or start with the London, Ontario stuff and then with whatever time's left, touch on those other things? I think start with the London stuff. Yeah, I get I, because it's pretty like that's more news. I mean, it's it's obviously it's atrocious, but again, it's not like it's it's not new. <laughs> you know, shouts out, you know, prayers and and you know, I, I didn't even want to like say it because I feel like it's so such a pointless thing to say. But you know, of course, I love all. I have a lot, a lot of Muslim friends, dear friends. Save it like for the family. radio. Save it for the radio. But oh, point being, I think we should start with that because we're. You know, we're going to agree and we're just going to report. Yeah, you could have just said start with that. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, let's start with that, Ready Fox. Sure. All right. So um, we should probably get back into radio. Uh, Something else I was going to mention and I can't remember, so it doesn't matter. 
Okay. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back. You're tuned in, dialed in, locked in, of course, to the greatest conversation on the planet. That's right. We are hashtag yours truly solitaire, DJ Reddy Fox, no better Nina. We are the squad. And now we're going to go over to Reddy Fox to curate this politics as usual segment. Of course, it's been a terrible week in news again. Terrible, terrible. Um, 2021 is just as trash as 2020 has been. So... Uh, you know, tragedy in London, Ontario, of course, we're talking about the hate crime, a heinous act of just terror against the Muslim family. And it got international attention. They were talking about it all over the planet. And uh, many people in the media uh, are calling it an act of terrorism. People are wanting this guy to be charged with, uh, you know, domestic terrorism. So we'll talk about that, of course, and we'll go into the details about it. And, you know, just it's it's disappointing in the way that people are unaware of how much Islamophobia is, is you know, prevalent in yep. Canadian society. Um, so this, again, with this tragedy happening, it's reignited the conversation about that. And mm-hmm. so we'll touch on a lot of things and we'll have some st- statistics and stuff. And we'll, a lot of people on social media as well, you know, have their counterpoints to this as well, saying, like, you can't have one guy who's a crazy, who does something, and then you want to blanket the whole country as being islamophobic well, like what do they do with the minorities don't even get me started yeah well we will get you started nina because because <laughs> that's what we need for you for politics as usual so we'll talk about that but um we don't want to just let the story be like a one and done thing as well too with the residential schools um right. because that's kind of an indictment of how media and news cycles work is that it's a hot story for a week and then you forget all about it so we don't want to do that um, so we do want to follow up again, speaking about that, about the residential school stuff. Um, the Pope did not offer an apology. People were looking for that. A lot of uh, residential school survivors have been looking for an official apology from the Catholic Church. And I want to ask you, Solitaire, about that because you're a Catholic guy. <laughs> and I just yes, want to ask I... you, what's the stubbornness about that? Like, why can't they just give a public apology? So I'll ask you about that a little later. But also the, the statue at uh, Ryerson University got mm-hmm. torn down the uh, statue of Egerton uh, um, Egerton Ryerson they tore it down they tore the head off of it they threw the head into like uh, I think Toronto Harbor or something like that no no it's apparently it's on a, it's it's somewhere uh, oh, it's sitting it, it's, on a it's, pike they found somewhere it. they yeah, found yeah, it yeah, okay yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Real, can I just ask you guys that real quick before we jump into the whole London Ontario thing because it's such a heavy story but I kind of laughed when I saw this uh, statue story here when they just tore the statue down and tore the head off and everything. I was like, technically, it's vandalism. Technically. It is, right? (laughs) I mean, I guess. I mean, I guess. I suppose. They're kind of breaking the law, right? Sort of, kind of. Is it? Is it? Is it breaking the law? Yeah, but Egerton did what for so many years? Wasn't he breaking the law? You know what? You know what, though, Reddy? (laughs) I think, I think it's more like performance art. That's what I think. Right? They painted it. You know what I mean? They painted it. They refurbished it. You know they what I mean? The names. They repositioned it. You know what I mean? I think right. it was more like performance art. I don't think it was vandalism. I think it was performance art. It was a thing of beauty. Okay. You know what? I'm not mad at them tearing it down or cutting the head off of it. Actually, I laughed once again. But the <laughs> argument has always been especially for the counter-arguments from the right, is that you don't want to um, try to erase these guys from history. 
if you have statues like this, if you want to remove the statues, maybe put them in a museum or something like that. So when they see stuff like this, it just kind of give them, gives them a little more meat to chew on in terms of trying to argue against this kind of stuff. But one guy on social media, real quick, this guy named Matt, he said, if you care more about statue, statues being torn down than families torn apart, thousands of children dead, generations of human beings shattered by the trauma of institutional racism, maybe you need to reevaluate your priorities. So that's a perfect uh, statement. I would like to say that that's 100% facts. Right. Mm-hmm. And the, the, these right-wingers, again, or the extreme right guys will always say that this is can't uh, cancel culture run amok kind of mm-hmm. thing but um what would you guys do if it were up to you if you were the supreme leader of canada what would you do with all the statues and all the uh you know places that are named after johnny mcdonald and whatnot rename them all yeah after myself <laughs> <laughs> if i'm the leader <laughs> sure i feel like that's the next straight thing. kim jong-un's like nina right. jong-un <laughs> yeah yeah i renamed them all yeah yeah <laughs> Um, yeah, listen, I, I don't, I do not see the connection between a removing a statue from being a visual trigger to an entire community right. as being removed from history. John A. McDonald, Ryerson will never, there's no possible way. I mean, there's still an, a whole entire university named after this guy. You know what I mean? John A. McDonald is still on our currency. So this idea of if you remove these statues, there's, they, we don't need any visual representation for them to be known in history. But what I am against is if you're going to continue to re-trigger and re-traumatize a community, that takes way more precedence to me than a hunk of metal. Take it down. I agree with you 100%, but I'll just correct you just to say that John A. McDonald is no longer on the $10 bill. Oh, they took him off? Yeah, well, you know that Viola Desmond. Oh, right, but well, yeah. he's still on some of them. Maybe the old, it, the old bills still. Well, yeah, well, we gotta get them out of circulation. But point, be, point being, I'm saying like yeah. John A. McDonald. You're not gonna not know about John A. McDonald, right? And that's yeah, he's off the bill, but he's there's so many other places where you'll see or hear about his name. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I mean, I've been out of school a long time, but I'm pretty sure they still talk about him in Canadian history class. I'm sure they do. Um, pretty sure. And once again, if you want to find out more information. You can Google the Truth and Reconciliation Report that came out in 2015 with a, had 94 calls to action on ways that Canada, Canada can do better by the Indigenous people. And if you just want to learn about the Indigenous people that own the land that you're currently living on, you can always visit native-land.ca and um, find that out. So we can turn now to this story. This is such a terrible story. It's so tragic. Um, yeah. I don't... Even Well, I'll start with the beginning, I guess. But um, this hate crime in London, Ontario, this family, this Muslim family, it basically got attention around the world. Everyone has been talking about it. So this happened Sunday evening, Sunday night last week. Um, and then Monday is when the police arrested this guy uh, in London, Ontario. He was charged for four counts of first-degree murder and one count of attempted murder after, I guess I have to say allegedly, allegedly hit five pedestrians, a family because of their Islamic faith, which the police have confirmed or said that through their initial investigation that this was the motivation for the crime, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just a nine-year-old uh, boy from the family that remains in hospital. He's in serious condition, but he's the only survivor of the family right now. And um, there's a GoFundMe campaign that's been set up for the family. Um, there's a lot of people offering to take him in. 
um, to take care of him. So we'll see how that develops. But it's just, it's, it, it boggles my mind when this kind of stuff happens. What, what initially was your reaction to this story? And I'll start with you, Nina. Um, I, cause I didn't even hear about it at first, but I get the Apple news notifications come up on my phone and I saw this notification come up saying, uh, the four family members who got run over, it was a hate crime. And I literally like out loud, I was like, Whoa, like that's pretty crazy. And like, it's close. And like, I just like, for me, I just felt really really bad and like upset for like the child like even now like I'm getting emotional just thinking about that child like as a nine-year-old and that moment you probably just want nothing more than a hug from your mom right now and you can't and like that to me is what just really really was like wow like this is like I don't know it was just scary and like I have uh some family members in London as well um and like we're brown we're not Muslim but we're brown and like people obviously you know confuse us for like each other sometimes a lot of the time and so like i literally said to them and i was like you guys just like be careful like don't go around like blasting indian music and stuff because like you never know it sucks that that's what you have to say but like you never know you know but yeah my heart literally just breaks thinking about that child like i can't Mm -hmm. i can't even imagine what he's going through yeah man I, i was numb i was numb uh bad news terrible news has been such rapid fire that when i first honestly like nowadays whenever i read a headline that is super triggering about violence and especially when it's close to home my knee-jerk reaction is to just keep scrolling i don't even i don't even read the details so it took me i knew (laughs) you know finding the humor in such a horrific situation but i knew that we would have to talk about it for the show so i literally figured I would wait until preparing for this show to read the details. But it just, then it just made me angry. Right. Yeah. Because you're helpless. And, you know, I obviously do work in jails and I believe in the idea of forgiveness and the idea of empathy and the idea that everybody like this kind of act doesn't just come out of, you know, out of the blue, it's, it's usually cultivated. And it's obviously, it's apparent that the, this nasty, this nasty racism was cultivated in this, in this kid. And, and in a strange way, and I, and I apologize for the community, because it might seem like it might sound like it's callous, but I feel sorry for him. Mm. I feel sorry for him. He's a terrorist. He did a despicable thing. He deserves the worst things to be done to him as far as punitive for him to repay his debt to society. But I feel sorry that he has been consumed by that much hate that would cause him to go out in a cowardly way. It's so cowardly. like, And at such a young age at that too, when I found out he was 20 years old, I was like, holy crap. Like this, like that's insane. Like I just, I couldn't believe it. It's a, it's, it's sad beyond belief, you know, prayers and and thoughts are just it's just not going to cut it i i feel so hollow just even trying to find a way to 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 you know articulate my condolences and my in the grief yeah. that uh, that you know that the muslim community is suffering right now yeah and it's been so apparent on the news too seeing the stories of people that went to the vigil <clears throat> and justin trudeau was there and all our you know political leaders were there and all that and we'll get to that in a sec but 
just the, the it's just the everyday people that live in the neighborhood itself and the emotion on their faces is what really hit home for me because that community out there in London Ontario they're 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 so they're shattered by this right now um i initially heard the news story actually monday hearing about just an accident in london of pedestrians being hit and i was when i heard it was multiple pedestrians i was i was like okay that can't be just an accident and my first thought was to go to what happened on Young Street with, um, I don't even want to say the guy's name, but you guys know what I'm talking about. The van attack that, um, you know, took the lives of, I think, 10 people. It was at that time or 11. I'm not sure. But that was the first thing that I thought of. And I was, I was thinking, if these pedestrians that were hit have something in common, then you'll know that, you know, there's more to it than that. Let me ask you guys this real quick as well. Solitaire, you're saying you've been avoiding the media. I don't know if you have as well, Nina, but have, from what you've seen from the media regarding the story, do you think they've been doing a good job handling it or not? Or like, how, what has your take been on how the media has been presenting the story? Um, I haven't really like paid too much attention to it news-wise. I've just been like taking in most of my news via social media. Um, but from what I have seen in terms of headlines on social media from media outlets... Um, it's been, uh, I would say, a step. Like, they're calling it a terrorist act, and they're calling him a terrorist. So I definitely think that's a step compared to where we've been in the past. Um, however, it's the the picture of the guy that they show. They show a picture of him doing a Terry Fox marathon. Like, right. Like, no. Like, come on. Where's the mugshot? That's what we want to see. Like, so, and we didn't get a picture for him until like three days later. Like they tried so hard to not give us a picture of this guy. So, so yeah. Solitaire. Yeah. I, I like Nina, as I, you know, as I started off, I, I did not really read too much. I, 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 you know, people like, you know, Mark Strong, who is a, an amazing Muslim uh, faith practitioner, uh, just reading updates from from people who I know are from the community. I listened to, I did listen to a podcast uh, uh, front burner from CBC, and they spoke to somebody from the London community um, who was directly uh, associated with the family, and um, that to me was beautiful because it was like a it's like a thirty minute podcast, and he was just talking about how loved the family was and yeah. how much they respect and how good the kids were and how much everybody respected this man and it just made me furious yeah you know it just made me so angry that you could look on somebody a family a family right mm-hmm. and have so much hate in your heart that you would do something like that and it's definitely an act of terrorism and i looked this up two things with regard Tanina, what you were saying about the uh, mugshot thing. I've been trying to find this because I think I read somewhere that says that in Canada, and I don't know if this is true or not because I can't find any proof of it, they don't like to release mugshots until after someone's been, I don't know, to trial or like found guilty or there's been a sentence or something like that. I don't, tr- I'm not sure what the rule is for that because it's, fun- it's funny we, how we only hear about these rules when the when the kid is white. There's uh, that's when these yeah. rules. Oh, we're not. We can't do that. Just I was yet. I was saying the same thing. Like, where's the picture of this guy? Because for the longest time they weren't saying his name. They weren't saying anything about him. What his you know ethnicity was or anything like that. I'm like, usually when stuff like this happens, and it's a hate crime, it's committed by a white person. Sorry, not sorry. That's just factual. That's just statistically what it is. But I was yeah. like, there's no picture of him or anything. So I was like, I'm waiting to see who, like, 
Um, and also there was a real quick, there was another video that surfaced on social media of another white guy in London, Ontario, in his house filming, um, these three Muslim, uh, women, I believe walking down his road. And he's like, Oh, where's Nathaniel Veltman? You missed some come back and get them. Like already. And I was like, oh, what the, yeah. Yeah. And see that's stuff like that. It's just, how do you deny that this is a problem in Canada, that Islamophobia is a real thing? Like a lot of people want to just try to chalk this up to just an isolated incident again and say that this is just one person. Um, Islamophobia has been on the rise in North America for years. It got worse after September 11th. It got worse again after Donald Trump got elected to office. Um, And not just Muslim people feel the brunt of this too. The Sikh community, the Hindu community as well, they get targeted by Islamophobes as well because they don't know the difference. They can't tell the difference is what you were speaking to before, Nina, as well as that, you know, as long as you're brown, you're going to be a target. Exactly. Like people aren't like they don't know the difference and they don't care to know the difference. Like like even when I was um, like racially not attacked physically, but with that prank call that I got in high school, it was because the person thought I was from Pakistan when I'm first of all born in Mississauga, but I'm from India. Like, you know, it's like they don't care to learn the difference. So. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's 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 ignorance for you. I, like, what is the difference to an ignorant person? You know, no yeah, sort- exactly. And let's not pretend like this stuff hasn't happened before. It's happened all across the country. Um, in March 2021 in Calgary. Yeah, March 2021 in Calgary, a Muslim girl under the age of 16 was attacked. She was punched and kicked and she had her hijab uh, ripped off of her by a 28 year old woman. Um, and then again, in September, September 12th here in Toronto of 2020, um, I actually missed this story. I didn't even realize that this has happened. A 58-year-old a Muslim volunteer caretaker in Rexdale was stabbed outside of the uh, Toronto mosque that he was working at. Someone just walked up to him and just stabbed him. I know about that. You didn't know about that? It, you know what? It might have been right around the time, like, in the midst of the pandemic, and I was sick for a little bit in the yeah. hospital and all that stuff or whatever. So oh, I don't know. Yeah, but yeah. that completely, I completely missed that. But that happened on September 12th of 2020. Mm-hmm. Uh, um last year and then of course you know probably the biggest story that a lot of us remember was january 2017 the quebec city mosque shooting that was uh, january 29th six people were killed um this guy opened fire in a mosque where there was at least 40 people in attendance and um yeah this is not an isolated incident and um i've seen that so much across social media this week of people trying to say that you know one person doesn't mean that there's a problem with Islamophobia in Canada. What would you say to somebody that says something like that, Solitaire? So what is the number? What is the, what is the number? What's the breaking number? Is it three? Is it four? Is it five? You know what I mean? I don't like to get into these semantic discussions. I, I, I'm, I'm feeling the blood rush to my head right now. It's such a fruitless discussion. Hate is, hate is a virus. Hate is a virus and... I, yeah, I, I'm kind of at a loss for words right now. It's just, it's just so frustrating, especially because I have so many, like, you know, whether it's Nina, whether it's my good friend Salman, like I, so many late, like, I just think about all my brown brothers and sisters and I, I, I don't understand how you can get to that level of intolerance. So it's right. Well, let's go through some statistics here when it comes to Islamophobia in Canada. And if there's any that pops out to you guys that you want to bring up 
just you know just shout it out or whatever but these are stats from polls that were taken recently in canada um yeah well yeah some of these most of them actually blow my mind away but uh 56 percent of canadians believe that islam suppresses women's rights uh 46% of Canadians have an unfavorable view of uh Islam that's more than any other religious tradition in Canada. Um 52% of Canadians feel that Muslims can only be trusted a little or not at all like that it's insane to me like Yeah. This is I want I would like to see, Go ahead. I would like to see a list of who were asked these questions. Me too. <laughs> Me too. Can oh, like the fact that you can generalize and and listen, I I'm not somebody who I think that making generalizations is is actually important because it it does help to kind of make sense about generalizing. Like I'll generalize and say most people can't drive because it 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 makes me calmer and it makes me drive more cautiously. So generalizations are an important tool in like you know. In, in protecting our, ourselves, but how can you generalize on whether you can trust somebody just based on the fact that they're Muslim? Like, yeah. I don't, I did not, I, I understand that racism is here to stay and, you know, hate will always be a part of the human condition, but I just don't understand how you can make such a ridiculous generalization like that as Canadians. You know why I think you can or why people do? I think the media plays a huge role in this. I really yeah. do. Like, it's been it's been very easy for the media to paint Muslims as villains. Yeah. Yes. And even when it comes to like I even saw a post online which is so true about how even in movies and TV shows like Muslims and brown people in general are always portrayed as like the terrorist mm-hmm. or the suicide bomber, you know? So mm-hmm. like that also played a part into it as well. Like so yeah, it's just it's it's upsetting and sad. Right. So we, we only have a bit of time left. So we got to think of ways that we can make things better. Right. We... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Solitaire. <Yeah>. Be optimistic. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We can make things better. There are, there are tangible things that I think that we can do to make things better. Now, okay. Remember February, 2017, this liberal MP, uh, Ikra Khalid, I think, I hope I'm pronouncing her name right. Remember she passed a motion Number uh, motion 103, it was, you know, it was proposing to condemn religious discrimination, specifically Islamophobia, and it created this whole brouhaha of arguments. And most of the conservative MPs voted against it. And it wasn't even a non-binding agreement or anything like that. Um, she, she received hate mail. She received death threats. Just for she literally, they literally proved her point about Islamophobia in Canada <laughs> by her, their reaction to her tabling oh, this iron. motion. Yeah, exactly. So... And also in Quebec, they have laws for people that can't, if you're wearing certain religious garbs, you can't be a teacher or you can't work in, you know, in the judicial system or as a police officer. So I think the tangible things that we can start to do to make things better, we can't have laws like that that discriminate against people because that kind of what your laws are of your country kind of speak to what your character is as a country. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So. Looking at the laws, I think, are, and having things like that on the books are the first things that need to go. And having motions like that that was proposed by uh, Ikra Khalid back then in 2017, maybe they need to be retabled again. And maybe let's see how these uh, politicians vote differently for it now. I mean, I mean, I mean, sure, retable it. And then when it gets voted down again, 
You know, I, it's see, here's my thing. As far as it's not that I don't believe that change can be made, but I think that it's naive to figure that we're going to use the same channels that we've been trying to go down, trying to employ to affect change, policy change at a systemic level, to try to venture down those same roads again. It's, point, it's just fruitless because you're going up against the same people. Conservatives are going to say the same thing. So I don't think it's that. I think it has to. It has to be among the people, man. I, I, and I don't know what that looks like. I don't know if you know. The, we talk about love conquering hate. It's hard to do that in a moment like this when so many people are so angry and so desperate and, and feeling so like, you know, so hopeless. So I, I, I'm try. I'm optimistic because I do believe in goodness. But going back to the government. But that's where it starts. I think. It has to start with we ha- we can't have politicians a that are denying that Islamophobia is a thing, and denying that systemic racism is a thing. As long as people see their elected officials doing that kind of stuff publicly or saying stuff that can be proven with statistics that is not true, right? That's where it starts because it kind of lays cover for you know the layman's folks that are out there when they see politicians saying, well, you know, oh, it's just made up systemic racism. It's not a thing. Well, it is. But if you see your politician saying it, then it makes it easier for everyday folk to kind of have that mindset as well. So little things like that can be the starting points for moving in a better direction. Um, Mm -hmm. And we can talk about this some more in the future. And again, we don't want this to be just a one-off story, but um, we're out of time. And that's it for politics as usual. All right, Ready Fox, thanks for bringing the mood down. I appreciate it. (laughs) But of course, these are necessary conversations. If there's anything the hashtag is about is we try to do our best to tackle these terrible, tragic situations and and try to put them in perspective and and gather some insight. So I hope that you will share in joining us in in support and solidarity with our Muslim and indigenous brothers and sisters out there who are having a terrible terribly triggering time right now you know um do your best to continue to support those communities in whatever way is feasible for you okay um right now we have to pay some bills so we're going to take a break for those of you who are listening to us on vibe 105 continue to stay tuned we'll be right back for those of you listening to the podcast stay with us you know i wish i had more time to speak more (laughs) on it just to say too it's because of islamophobia why Justin Trudeau gets to continue to be prime minister. And you know why? Because people won't vote for Jugmeat because he doesn't look Canadian enough to them. If he were a white guy that were saying all the exact same things that he says publicly, I think he'd have way more support than what he has. And I keep thinking... And he's not even Muslim! I know he's not Muslim, but it's, it's, it's still the same thing. But like, it's, it's rooted when in I, his life. Yeah, when I, when I think of that, I remember that video where the guy walked up to him. He was like on some campaign trail thing. Yeah, and he was correct. like, you know, you should take that turban off or whatever. You, you'd look more Canadian or some shit like that. I was mm-hmm. like, I think about that. You have an Islamophobic conservative party that's always running. They're always saying slick shit all the time. And then you have Justin Trudeau in the middle who just gets to look like the good guy by just not saying that dumb shit. Even though I don't even think he really believes it. But yeah. then you have Jugmeat, who's saying all the right stuff, but because he's Jugmeat, yeah. he doesn't get a real shot. So Justin Trudeau just keeps, keeps get on just to ride, you know, I don't know. Listen, I, I, I ride with Jugmeat. I think he's, I think he's an important, uh, he's in, definitely takes up an important space in, in Canadian politics landscape. 
But like I said, when he was running before, Canada's not ready. They're not. I 100% agree with you. Canada is not ready. He... People, the, the people won't ever say that they won't vote for him because he's Sikh, mm-hmm. but they'll say, you know, he's just not ready to be prime minister. Yeah, they'll cover it up. Or you know, or he's he's just not you know polished enough to be prime minister yet. Like Justin Trudeau had no experience for being prime minister. Or like, oh, he's polished though. He's super polished. Whatever, though, man. <laughs> Justin Trudeau, his polished like he's like. How is you he walk behind is, Justin? Is he more polished than Jagmeet? No, I'm not, that's all what I'm saying. I'm saying if you walk behind Justin Trudeau, you're liable to slip because he's slick like grease. It's just sort of like, like everything just slides off of him. You know, whenever he, he says all the right things in public, but what I add in my mind when he says racism is real, I always add, but I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I think he's thinking when he goes, Islamophobia is real. And then in his mind, he's thinking, but I don't care. <laughs> in his mind, he's thinking, but that, that shit ain't got nothing to do with me. Exactly. <laughs> that ain't got exactly. nothing to do but with he, me. You know, it, but here, it's like, here's the thing, man. At the end of the day, it is not the ideal situation that you have to deal with the lesser of two evils. But real in the real world, in real time, that's what it is. Justin Trudeau is the lesser and it actually I, I let me let me let me pull back from that because he's he is the appearance yes. of the lesser of two evils and and you know what as sad as it is humans are so terrible that that shit counts i know that shit what counts. can you do what are you going to take it like he's always had shitty competition going up against to make it easier for him to andrew Shear was a joke it looks like <laughs> Aaron O'Toole is going to be just the biggest joke as Andrew Shearer was like until the conservatives can actually have a leader that actually can at least pretend to give a shit about people. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> exactly. You know, I was, I think it's from gangs in New York. He's like, listen, the illusion of the law must, the law must be held upheld. I'm, I'm, I'm butchering the, the quote, but basically he's saying the law the appearance of the law being upheld must be present at all times, especially while we're breaking it. Yeah. <laughs> That's politics. And and last thing I was going to say is for all of this talk, I don't, I, number one, we never really believe what politicians are saying. And there's a lot of reasons behind that. Uh, I do believe that in politics, you do have to lie there. You know, as an ad- adult, there are situations where you have to bend the truth a little bit, but the pro- for me, the pandemic has really kind of cut through all the bullshit, and it's like if this is if this is a pressing enough issue, pandemic has shown that the government has the authority to take swift action to remedy the situation, and Serb is the biggest example of that. So until I see a Serb to curb uh, uh, Islamophobia, all this. Islamophobia is real. It's bullshit. Yeah, it is. Because you can do something right now to make it, to emphasize that belief. And it just, and instead of it just being empty promises. And it's the like same shit that of, he does with indigenous people too. Same shit. Yeah, I was, gonna, I was about to say, did, what, of, of those 94 recommendations uh, that they made for the indigenous, uh, the indigenous act, what was it again? 
or truth and reconciliation. Truth, how many of those 94 recommendations uh, have been implemented? Oh, who knows? I hope one of them is bitch slap the PM. I really do. <laughs> how, how many how many indigenous uh, indigenous uh, reservations are still under boil water advice? I know. Yeah, that's like, what are you telling me? That's that shit that dry, that pisses me off, especially with the same thing you're saying with the pandemic here, where they started just throwing money out left and right. Just yeah. like they were just making it rain all over the place. And I was like, so where did all this money come from where you guys didn't yeah, have joking. money when there was water, clean water needed for reservations, you know? So it's joke things, man. It's joke things. It's <sighs> Fuck these guys, man. Fuck yeah. them all. Anyways, I'm pissed. Yeah. Back, back to music. <laughs> Okay, well, you want to start get back into music? Um, Let's try to speak back. But yeah, just again, just again, if Jug Meat were Jack, Jack Singer instead of Jug Meat, Jack Layton, yeah, he would have so much more support. Jack Layton, man, man, he left us way too early. He was going to be the prime minister of Canada, and he would have been great. Yeah, people party with Jean Chrétien. No, no, Jack, uh, Jack Layton, Jack Layton. No, but. But I remember Jack Layton, but what party was Jean Chrétien part liberal. of? He's liberal. He's liberal. He was liberal party. Jack Layton is the NDP, and he was yeah, a phenomenal, that. phenomenal, you know, just a, all, just a class act. I usually man. always like the NDP party in their platform, and whoever their leader is, I usually ride. But the problem is that the conservative party has always been so bad that you have to vote strategically just to keep them out of power. And that's yeah. why, that's what I mean by Justin Trudeau just getting to slide. Because, again, Andrew Scheer was so bad, and now Aaron O'Toole looks like a tool. So it's <laughs> like, you know, what are you going to do? You're going to vote for Jugmeat, and not a lot of people vote for him. And then we split our votes between him and Justin Trudeau, and then the conservatives get all the, the shithead votes. Yeah. And then they wind up having power. And then we're doomed. Then we're yeah. fucking doomed. But we're doomed anyway. So. But we're doomed less with Justin yeah, Trudeau. We're, doomed we're just yeah, doomed we're a little less. less. Yeah, just a little less. So does it's just anyways. Humans, man. Humans. Humans. We're the virus. We are the virus. I don't know what it is, man. But anyways, okay, we might as well. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Obviously, uh that segment got a little bit heavy. Welcome back to hashtag yours truly solitaire, DJ Ready Fox, no better Nina. We are the hashtag squad. Trying to have, doing our best to have the difficult conversations and trying to bring attention to issues that are near and dear to us and the community that we serve and represent. Uh, so we, it was a tough time navigating that, but uh, we always want to make sure that we highlight and, and amplify the voices of our Muslims and Indigenous and, of course, our Black and Brown brothers and sisters. So continue to support them and uh, show them your love. But for now, let's pick up the spirits, you know. Pressure's on, Nina. Pick up the spirits back up a little bit and go over to No Better Nina with our music news for this week. Please don't be depressing. No, it's good. It's good. It's good. Okay, so uh, as Solitaire called me out last week that I forgot the Juno Awards. We all did. I was going to say, let me just, before you get started, it was just funny. I just, number one, I wanted to see if you would cover it. But I mean, number one, like, it's the Junos. The Junos don't necessarily deserve that level of like, hey, we're going to big them up because they haven't necessarily done hip hop the same courtesy. But this year they did a really good job of of amplifying the voices of black music and hip hop artists. At the so Junos? I was just saying, yeah, yeah. yeah Are you talking about the Junos? I am. I am. 
and they did a, they did a they did a celebration where they had well I'll you know I'll let Nina talk, go into yeah, it. But yeah. that being said, I wasn't mad at you for it. It's all good. Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, okay, so the 50th Juno Awards aired last Sunday uh, with the weekend winning big, taking home five awards. So. He won Single of the Year for Blinding Lights, Artist of the Year, Album of the Year for After Hours, Songwriter of the Year alongside Belly and Jason Dehala Quinville. I don't know who that is. The Healer, the Healer. He's a producer. Oh, the Healer. Oh, okay, sorry, Jason. Um, and Contemporary R&B rec- Recording of the Year for After Hours as well. Wow. Oh, crazy. Surprising. Did he, did he give a thank you speech? I didn't watch. Did he give a thank you Was he even there? No, he was not there. I Nobody was there. It was virtual. There. Oh, that's right. I, yeah, I did not watch either. I don't know if he gave a speech. I just, come on, why'd you have to ask me that? <laughs> um, so then Justin Bieber took home the award for Pop Album of the Year for his album Changes. Toby took home Rap Recording of the Year for Elements Volume 1. That's so, a, can I just interject there? Yep. After I heard that he won, I've been, I think we talked about Toby. I think I might have featured him yeah. in the music segment. So, you know. Once again, Solly's right. Are you One a fan minute. of Toby, Nina? Uh, I listened to a couple of his songs. He's good. He's pretty good. Yeah. His album, his album is solid. Definitely, uh, definitely a deserving, uh, a deserving of the rap recording of the year. So congrats, congratulations to him. Yeah. And then um, Savannah Ray took home the award for traditional R&B recording of the year for Solid. Um, and Tome took home reggae recording of the year for I Pray with Sean Kingston. Um, well, I know you guys didn't watch the Junos. No. So, uh, yeah, anything particularly stand out to you here? Are you happy with how this looks right now? Like these, I just collected all the like hip-hop stuff, basically. Yeah, but I'm just surprised that they actually gave these awards to the weekend like they're all deserving but they always do things that are always you know weird weird or you know controversial just makes you know raise an eyebrow when they do stuff so for you them know, to- like like you know like ha- like have drake host the junos nominated for the most amount of junos ever for an artist and then not win anything something stuff like, like that? stuff like that exactly stuff like that. stuff like that so they've had a reputation for doing stuff like that so when i right. see that the weekend actually won like the things that he should have won. Artist of the Year, absolutely. Single of the Year, absolutely. Album of the Year, absolutely. So yeah. that's actually what's surprising to me. Yeah. yeah. And uh, and he actually, there was some um, some EXO representation. Nav performed as a part of the hip-hop tribute section. Uh, 30 years since, um, since the first hip-hop award was televised at the Junos. That went to, of course, the godfather of Canadian hip-hop, Maestro Fresh West. So they actually had like um, a tribute to that, and uh, Cardinal Official actually hosted a Juno, a special Juno performance that featured um, Maestro Fresh West and uh, Julie Black, and um, who else was a part of it? Uh, I think yeah, maybe? Nav was also a part of that as well. So it was dope. I watched that, and it was great. It was a great production. It was a great tribute. I think it was a class. It was a classy thing for the Junos to do it. And, uh, you know, especially as it being their 50th year. So it was, it was dope. It was good. I didn't watch the whole thing, though. You know, you didn't watch any of it, did you? Nope. That's exactly what I was going to say. I watched none of it. I did this research for the show, and that's about it. Um, okay. I keep it real. Can I, can I ask you guys, what can the Junos do to, to get more interest from us or anybody? It, it's slowly, like, it's slowly. Honestly, for me, 
I don't watch award shows no more, but when I did, like, for me, it was just, like, I really just cared about who was performing and stuff and, like, the artists that were nominated and if I actually liked them. Like, this year at the Junos, there's actually a lot that I knew um, and that I actually liked. However, I just, the Junos still is not that level for me where it's enough. Basically. Yeah. I, I, it's, you know, at the end of the day, in Canada, with the media climate here, it's just too hard for something like the Junos to compete when you have the Grammys, the Billboard Awards, the MTV Video Awards, and, and like with the, you know, with the million watt star power of American award shows. And even though there's a lot of Canadians, it's like the Grammys are just going to be bigger than the Junos. Americans don't know about the Junos, but <laughs> Canadians all know about the Grammys. Right. So it's, I think it more has to do with we just have to develop the same way that the hip hop community now with, you know, obviously with the breakthrough, groundbreaking success of Drake, you know, artist of the decade, Billboard artist of the decade. We just need to develop more of a of a home of a hometown pride in Canada. I think Juno's needs to be a part of investing in like the younger artists and be a part of like the development process. And there are initiatives, to be fair that they are engaged in that's just not really well known. So it's not really, it's not, it's, it's kind of like the Junos. They're just, it's just, a, they're just a victim of circumstance, to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah. Good way to put it. It is. But um, anyway. Anyways. Uh, okay. So on to the next story, courtesy of Reddy, who sent it to me first. Um, so Drake has teamed up with Live Nation to open a 2,500 capacity live entertainment venue called History in the city's East End. Amazing. Now, History will be taking over the former Champions Greenwood site at 1661 Queen Street East, hosting 200 concerts and events annually, both general admission or reserved seating events, such as galas, live entertainment, and community events. Now, according to Live Nation, history has been three years in the making, with the construction of the venue set to be complete later this summer. In a statement, Drake said that some of his most memorable memorable shows were playing in smaller rooms like history, and that he simply wanted to take those memories and what he learned to create an incredible experience for the artists and the fans so history already has these concerts scheduled for november november 7th uh bleachers november 9th surfaces november 24th churches and december 9th and 10th july talk july hmm. talk is the only band i heard of me too <laughs> i think i heard of churches i think i've heard yeah churches i've heard of as well churches and july talk but so this is not like a hip-hop venue then or like a it better it better not be it's not that Clearly, if July talk and churches are performing there for sure, no. I think I think Drake uh, is Drake and Live Nation are much much wiser than yeah. the hip hop well, venue in Toronto. When I first heard this story, though, because the first thing I think about is how so few venues there are in the city that will allow for hip hop shows to be there. So I was thought he was creating, you know, mm-hmm. this you know this space for you know all the you know whatever any hip-hop artist from Toronto or anybody that's in town that's doing a show to have a venue that's not going to have the politics there and, you know, all the other obstacles that the other venues put in place. You know what I mean? So, well, I'm hoping with Drake's involvement that he would be sensitive to that. And I'd like to think that he would be, especially when he speaks about there is, there really is no, you know, arena concerts are amazing if you have great seats, Mm -hmm. but as a performer, there's no better energy than a live room of like 2,500 people standing room only going crazy. Like it's the, the energy is just different. So yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see what, what it looks like. I'm sure it's going to be top notch. 
yeah i'm excited to see it too but i feel like i feel like he will eventually incorporate hip-hop into it i think just for now starting out he's probably just like testing out the waters and stuff but i think um yeah like with mod club shutting down and like just like and now it's like what rebel is like the competition for this i guess but like Mm -hmm. i feel like yeah i feel like it'll definitely include hip-hop artists um at some point in time better he better you guys think it's a good idea to put it in the east end of the city um uh yeah i think so i I mean it's not that far east and at beaches is a pretty popular like that area is a pretty popular destination for everybody across the city so it's not really east it's like southeast (laughs) yeah in the summertime it will be good too with concerts and stuff yeah yeah but um uh i forgot what i was gonna say okay um next story (laughs) so Ready asked for an update on T.I. and I got an update. Um, After dropping the music video to his latest single, What It's Come To, T.I. announced that his next album would be his final album at the end of the video. (laughs) So (laughs) the beginning of the song features audio from Sabrina Parr's Instagram live videos telling T.I. to apologize before it gets into showing a woman labeled as the parasite in front of a board with pictures of T.I. and Tiny writing allegations on sticky notes and texting her friends who wants to get a bag and remain anonymous. Back in 2017, T.I. did mention on The Breakfast Club that he was ready to get out of the rap game, saying that he already had three albums in his head that he had conceptualized. And funny enough, Kill the King was already a title he had chosen four years ago. Now, as for an update on the sexual abuse allegations him and his wife Tiny are facing, a case against them in Las Vegas was dropped. However, an investigation does remain open in LA. So, based off of my description for of, of the music video of this uh, song, did you guys think, what do you guys think of that? Insensitive? Good move? Bad move? What are your thoughts? I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, uh, it's a he's in a he's in a tough spot, you know. When it comes to these kind of allegations, there's not really one clear cut way to address it in a way that everybody's going to be like, yeah, okay, I, I can respect that. But I would say that him being an artist, it's appropriate for mm-hmm. him to voices to for him to voice his perspective through his music. That's what artists do. Seems like a bad move. Yeah, I I think labeling her as like he literally puts up giant words like the parasite like that's like a rude thing to say like what about people who actually got sexually abused before like that's rude. Yeah. Well, I mean, this doesn't make him look good. It makes him. Yeah. Yeah. Vindictive. Well, not even vindictive. Obviously, you don't like being accused of these things, but to to address it this way through a video and to label someone a parasite and all this, it, it seems immature and petty. Yeah, especially because Tiny too made a couple of cameos in the video in the very beginning. I think it makes look her make her look even worse than him because yeah. she's a woman. I so. think if you if you're gonna put out music, put out music. But to do that and to use the video and just I don't know, it's, it's tough it, call. Man. It's tough call. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So that was basically just briefly on that. Now this next conversation I want to get into is a little more uh, interesting. So, <clears throat> Migos 
uh, will have dropped Culture 3 last night, uh, so the day after this records, the day before it airs, um, and they, they've been teasing it for the last three years. So the 19-song project <laughs> features NBA Youngboy, Drake, Cardi B, Polo G, Future, Justin Bieber, the late Juice World, and the late Pop Smoke. However, what's even more interesting is that in a recent interview with Billboard, Offset revealed that he believes the Migos are responsible for making trap music go pop. Mm. He said, they don't talk about that. We made trap go pop talking about selling pounds and bricks and we hit billboard number one. Hip hop artists weren't going number one like that, but now it's just the bang, bang, bang. So, so um, eloquent. He says so, so eloquently put. Well spoken. Um, in terms of their, their number one, uh, I was bad and bougie with Lil Uzi Vert. So I want to ask you guys, do you guys think the, the Migos made, uh, made trap music as mainstream as it is right now? Or would you credit somebody else with having done Cheesy. that? Cheesy. You think he made it go more mainstream? Than Migos? Yeah. Maybe this is the old guy in me or whatever, but yes, I think so. Okay. And why do you say that? Like, what makes you say that? Just like he was, he was a popular he still is a popular artist like the fact is he's still relevant to this day like no one's gonna say he's a has-been or anything like that if he puts out new music today people will still he was one of the first people that i've heard in songs talking about trapping and snow and whatever euphemisms that they use for you know that lifestyle and all that stuff or whatever but yeah i would put i would give jeezy that and even give it to ti more so than i would be for um migos um, okay, Solly, I'll tell you my thoughts after Solly. I mean, when it when they're talking about trap, they're talking about that particular like trap beats, that style, like the that like that genre, which is a little bit different than like Ti and Jeezy. Um, I would I, I understand why. I mean, the thing is, when they're talking about, they have to differentiate between trap, the the style, the genre of trap. Uh, versus talking about selling pounds and bricks, because guess what? Clips. <laughs> Rappers have been doing that from forever. day one. So they're definitely not the first to to mainstream, and not that that's something to be particularly proud of. Yeah, we gotta we gotta know what qualify. What what do you consider trap music well, then? What are you gonna so- say, Nina? I was going to say um, that I actually agree with them that they did make, I don't consider what they make as like trap music. Like I truly do give that to Jeezy and TI. However, the reason I agree with them is because you are never going to hear. I mean, you heard TI, TI could be a close second, but you wouldn't hear as much of TI's music as you did and still do Migos music on Z1035 and um, all those other pop stations like Virgin 999 or whatever and stuff like that. Like, I will never hear a Young Jeezy song on any of those stations. And I also put it into perspective of I have the, I don't know if it's considered a luxury of having two completely opposite friend groups. Um, ones who don't really listen to hip hop at all and just know everything mainstream and the ones who like listen to it. Like, and my ones who don't really listen to it all, like they don't really know like young Jeezy like that or TI like that. Like they don't really know him like that, but Migos, they're like, yeah, I love Migos. I love Quavo and Offset and whatever. So that's what I consider it. And you know why Nina? Because hip hop as a whole has become the number one popular genre on the planet. Yeah, but that's that's, th- that's just Migos getting swept up in the tidal wave of hip hop just being popular. And and I will and I will also add to you, Nina, that I 
mind you, yes, judging by the several thousand gray beards, uh, beard hairs that I have, I'm a little <laughs> bit older, but I'm still connected to the scene. And I will tell you that uh, I did not hear Jack squat about Migos until I heard about Drake rapping on Versace remix. Are you serious? You never heard like Hannah Montana or Fight Night? Or no, like- I heard those, but they didn't. That was that was when they were under pretty much like they were number one in black music. But when you say yeah. when you talk about pop, Me. that's different. Yeah, Drake was obviously pop mainstream before the Migos, and Drake brought them to pop sensation. Yeah, I mean, I could see that, but I don't know. I still think, like, like, and yeah, like, when he talks about referring to this, like, he also said in the interview, like, he's talking about how they can, like, mumble rap, too, and, like, it's, like, considered as good, I guess, whatever, or, like, it, like the Dis- kids are loving it. I'm disgusted. Some- <laughs> like, you know? Uh, and listen, I will, and to that, Reddy Fox, I will say, riggedy bow, diggity gadzooks, here I go, so flickety flame on. Remember DOS effects? DOS Effects no. was a unique thing where they were the first group to do something like that. Nobody else was trying to repeat what they did, though. People left them to have their style and do that themselves. But that's, but that's Migos' style. But are there not I, other artists that are doing the exact same style now that Migos are claiming no, agree, to be? I, I agree. Now, now the, the, the proliferation of mumble rap is a problem. But when you're talking about the originators of that style, like... When it comes to that, I absolutely rate the Migos because they definitely started that. They they definitely started that wave of that style. It's just unfortunate that that people gravitated to the the most base level of that skill set and call it mumble rap that it became a genre. But their style, like, it's unquestionable. It's catchy. The flow is, like, original. So, I I mean, I give credit where credit is due as far as creativity. I still think they're just benefiting from the overall global popularity of hip-hop, period. Most definitely, yeah. There's a factor of that as well. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, well, I agree with them, so. Um, (laughs) Final analysis, I do ultimately agree with where they're coming from. I would just like... But you agree with me. Take off the part about selling pounds and bricks because that has nothing to do with their popularity. Yeah, Yeah. trap music to me, Jeezy was doing it just as good as, or not better, even before. Oh, he's definitely better, for sure, but... Yeah. Um, okay, and moving on to the last story of today, um, ASAP Rocky will be premiering a documentary about his arrest in Sweden called Stockholm Syndrome. Oh my god! <laughs> at Tvecka Film Festival. Is that what he's calling it? Yep, <laughs> that's the title. I'm so annoyed. Uh, it's going to be part of the Juneteenth programming at Tribeca Film Festival. Oh. So. In case you need a reminder, ASAP was taken into custody in Sweden back in 2019 after two fans kept following him when he had told them to stop. Then a fight broke out and he was held in prison in Sweden on assault charges for a month before coming back home. So the 105-minute documentary focuses on ASAP's rise to fame and his experience dealing with Sweden's legal system with a mix of archival footage, animation, and interviews from ASAP Ferg, Tyler the Creator, Kim Kardashian, Naomi Campbell, and more. Are you guys interested in watching this? No. I'm not an ASAP fan. It's going to be terrible. I'm an ASAP fan, but I'm of two mindsets of this. I get it. Capitalize on the tell the story. He's got a project coming out. Be in the media. Like, hey, you know, I'm not mad at it, but part of me is just like, ah, gag. Who cares? You were arrested because you've... 
And you're gonna make a documentary called the Stockholm Syndrome? That's the that's the <laughs> Does he know what <laughs> Stockholm Syndrome means? Oh my god. I guess not. Oh brother. Oh, it's just so it's so like Unless he's at home building IKEA furniture in his sleep. <laughs> I don't think he suffered from Stockholm syndrome. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't, I don't know, but I just don't like ASAP Rocky again. I'm going to say this, you know, not necessarily his music, but he was not supportive of Black Lives Matter. And oh, oh, yeah, that's right. I he, forgot about that. I, the comments and stuff that he said around, you know, the black struggle and how it has nothing to do with him and this and that. I was just like, all right, that's cool. Good luck to you, but you'll never get any support from me now. So I forgot about that. I, my memory's long. Now that you rem- remind me of that, I'm interested in how like Rihanna took to that because they're dating. So like, like right now they're dating. So I'm just now I'm kind of just interested in, in yeah, that, true. That too. Like, but I, I, hey, listen, I I don't make any judgment calls. Um, but something tells me that Rihanna wears the pants in that fa- in that uh, relationship. Yeah, yeah she's got the deeper pockets. You know? <laughs> like, I, I I feel like maybe she, would line. and maybe she'll take the opportunity to teach him about some things, so he I'm won't say sure such ignorant had, things in public or whatever. But I'm pretty sure they've had that conversation. I don't mess I'm with ASAP sure. Rocky. <laughs> I, I um I I don't care to watch this documentary, but this reminds me. Have you guys seen the movie on Netflix, Monster, that he's in? No. It's a pretty good movie. I think I, I saw, saw it, it, but I never. I, I, I saw the poster, but I never saw the. movie. It's actually. also the guy from When They See Us. Uh, I believe his name was Corey in When They See Us, the one who got was in jail for the longest time. Okay, I haven't seen it. Yeah, he's also starring in it as well. Um, it's a pretty good movie. I definitely recommend. What's it called it again? Monster. Monster. Okay, Monster starring ASAP yeah. Rocky. Yeah, ASAP Rocky and that guy from uh, When They See Us. Um, it's basically about like. Uh, ASAP Rocky gets the guy from when they see us involved into some, he gets him involved into helping him rob a convenience store and the owner of the store dies. Um, and then he has to like, pr- like prove his innocence and stuff. Um, the hmm. guy from when they see us. So yeah, it's, it's actually a pretty good movie. Um, but uh, yeah, that's all I have for music news this week. Well, that was fun. <laughs> that was yeah. definitely fun. better than politics as usual. That's for sure. Yeah. 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 yeah, a lot easier to get through that one. I, I for one, I I get it. It's, I just it's just Americans are just it's just like exploit it, exploit yeah. it. We're gonna just exploit the situation. We're gonna create a documentary. I, I bet you the footage of this documentary that has anything to do with the arrest is probably like gonna be like two minutes, probably it's worth of footage in that documentary. Like, what is the story? It'd be better if he maybe told some, like, reenacted it and made a movie about the whole situation from beginning to end with actors portraying him. Maybe that would be more interesting than whatever it is. But all the same, again, I don't mess with ASAP, and good luck to you, bro. Yep. Well, that's all for today, folks. (laughs) All right, Nina, I appreciate that. Thank you for taking us through that musical journey. And ladies and gentlemen, that means we've got to take a break and pay some bills. For those of you who are listening to the show on Vibe 105, Stay with us. We'll be right back. For those of you listening to the podcast, stay with us. Oh, uh, uh, who fucking cares? Guys, who cares? I'm so annoyed when so I saw dry that. so dry this week. I had a hard time finding stuff. I was just like, all right, let me just pick no, right there was up. A lot. There was a lot there. We could have definitely talked a little bit more about the, um, the TI stuff because I think, yeah, that's... It's the it's that whole thing like what recourse 
and again, we these are allegations. It's alleged, but the same way, like we we're not we're not um, we're not talking down or talking bad about the shit that this woman who accused Ti of the shit that he but did. It's not just one woman. We're not. What's that? It's not just one woman. There's like multiple women that are. Yeah, multiple. Sorry, them. Yeah. but I'm, I mean the initial the initial allegation, like you know, they they were saying some pretty pretty salacious stuff about what Ti and 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 Tiny were doing. So it really is, you know, it's a matter of you can only control your reaction to these things. And maybe it wasn't the best reaction, but what recourse does it really have? I think that doing addressing it through music is your only recourse as an artist. But you're I, I have to see the video. Did you see the video? No, no. Yeah, I watched it. I don't disagree with you when it comes to addressing it in your music, but don't do a video. To me, that's different. Why not? It's all, it's all part of it's all part of it. Nah. <laughs> well, the video, the video too. I kind of agree with Reddy on that because the video for this, like in the song, he doesn't call nobody a parasite or nothing. He doesn't say anything about being a parasite. He's just telling his side of the story. If he just dropped the song without the video, it'd be fine. But it's the video that's like that's what I'm saying. Like controversial. Like yeah, address it in your music. Say whatever you want to say about it. But when you make a video of it, it just makes it seem more immature and petty to me. Yeah, that's what I thought. I was like, mm, this sounds like a guy who like. Like, I don't know, like all those stories that you would see on, remember that, that page what was at Toronto uh, abusers and then people were all trying to defend themselves on after that, they got accused of stuff. Like that. That's what it reminded me of. That's so wild. That, that reminds the Toronto abuser. It, it wasn't just Toronto. It was like a few of them, like different, like yeah. different cities. Do you, do you remember that ready? What? Yeah, the, uh, the Toronto abusers Instagram page where they like oh, outed yeah. like Toronto artists. Oh somewhere. yeah. So that doesn't that exist anymore, right? Like, Oh yeah, it's still yeah, it's gone, but like it comes back randomly and for like one post, and then it will go away again after a little while. But like, yo, that was like, come on, that was like pretty, like, like that was pretty horrendous. There's so many, there's so many artists that I, I definitely heard their name. There was a couple, remember? There's a couple. I'm not gonna. We're obviously not gonna reincriminate them or whatever. Mention their names and associate. Every time I send it, I'm like, oh look, another Sally spotlight. So it's so crazy, man. So yeah. such a wild world. You just don't. I realize, you know, being not that I'm sheltered, but like I realize I've reached a different, a different station in my life. Especially when I come across like younger people at the studio that I work with, and like some of the stuff that they tell me that they're like, "Yo, this and that's going on." I'm like, "Who the fuck has the time?" to do this shit like what are these guys doing and you realize that they're probably living at home with their parents and they just got mad you know if they're hustling and they're living at home with their parents they just have mad money yeah and and they just have idle time to do fuckery it's yeah. it's wild man that's exactly what all happens. that mixed with being young being young but i mean we were young too but we didn't do fuckery <laughs> yeah but we weren't also caked up with free time on our hands and money. Oh, I was caked up. Oh, you were, eh? <laughs> no, I was okay. not. Still, I'm not. I'm poor. No, but we, honestly, we grew up in... It really feels it's such an old man thing to say now, but it was in a more innocent times. It just simply were. Like, we didn't have smartphones. We didn't have internet. We didn't have all sorts I of ways to get up to fuckery. I can't imagine the anxiety. Oh, my God. The anxiety I would have if it's like... Hey, okay, I'll meet you at the club at this time. Cool, uh-huh. hang up the phone. Go with no phone. Oh, my God. Even going with a phone to meet up with somebody by myself, I get anxious. Really? 
but and besides, like, that's all she's ever known. I, that's yeah, all. I, it's true. It's true. But honestly, it's legit. We would just call each other and say we're going to meet at the mall for 730 or whatever. And that's it. Either and you have you... to specify, I'm going to be in front of the OG jeans. Like you have to give a, <laughs> you a, have to a, see a specifically of where you are and that's it. And you just go yeah. there. And if your friend wasn't there, you waited. And no, you, wait. I'll you... never do that. Could you imagine now? Could you imagine a blind date? <laughs> oh my god, I'd freak out. No way. You've never been on a blind date, eh, Nina? No, never. That's They're that, that really can't happen. Just... I don't think so. I like blind. I, I blind dates can be fun, man. It, it can be, except for if the if the person kind of like has pe- has your taste level pegged at a much lower. <laughs> blind, yeah. Blind dates can't ever happen level. anymore now, right? Uh, they're impossible to happen now yeah because everyone searches each other on social media like wow blind (laughs) dates are are extinct (laughs) but even for me like i had i got my first cell phone in grade nine and like yeah i just never really like before that i wasn't really going to the mall without my friends to meet them there like my mom would always take us or their mom would always take us together like yeah, I never had to deal with that. Even, like, I just get... I don't know what it is. I get really anxious in social situations. Even we're supposed to go to Benjamin's friend's birthday next week. And I know his friend. And I know, like, four of the other guys going. But I haven't really met a lot of the other guys' girlfriends or their friends. And I'm looking at him. And I told him yesterday, like, I'm really nervous about that. Can you just sit beside me? He's like, of course I'm going to sit beside you. Where the fuck else am I going to sit? <laughs> you thought he was to bring you and then just leave you by yourself? Well, sometimes he gets a little excited when he's around his friends. Like, I went with these guys all to regulars, like, two years ago when the world was open. And then at one point, I was just standing there at the side because I was like, bro, like, I don't want to interrupt your fun. But, like, I don't know nobody else here. <laughs> like, wow. Some of his friends were nice enough to still come and talk to me and whatever. And, like, they could see I was feeling a little uncomfortable. But, yeah, yeah I just, I don't know. I get really anxious. Like, really anxious. Mm-hmm. That's understandable. I hear that. I, I feel that. All right. Yeah. Let's, let's. Get this over and done with. Bring it home, um, baby. Yeah, so uh, go ahead. You can start whenever you want, Salter. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the program. We are into our third and final segment. So exciting. Uh, just a reminder, of course, we appreciate you. We love you. Thank you for tuning in and supporting us every week. Please engage with us. Let us know your thoughts on the stories we spoke about on this episode and on past episodes. And if you have any suggestions for stories you think we should cover, make sure you hit us up on Instagram or Twitter at hashtag Vibe105 is our tag, ladies and gentlemen. And not only should you hit us about news that you think we should cover, also hit us about our spotlight, Black-owned spotlight, ladies and gentlemen. It's our weekly spotlight on outstanding members and businesses in the Black community. Make sure you let us know if you know of a business or an individual that... Uh, Deserves some highlight and support. Hit us up at hashtag Vibe105 on Twitter and Instagram. And ladies and gentlemen, this week's Black-owned Spotlight, I am so happy to say, goes to Neil's Sweet and Nice Ice Cream. Are you all ice cream lovers? Yeah. Mm, Ready? Not quite. What? <laughs> of Who course. Is this guy, Nina? Leave it already. We're the only sweet, real ones with sweet tooths here. What is wrong with this guy? I don't even drink milk anymore, but ice cream is a must. I don't yeah. just eat ice cream. The only time I'd like ice cream is on an apple pie. Otherwise, this... I don't really eat ice cream. I don't even I just know. Spent who ten dollars on a Baskin Robin cone yesterday. No, <laughs> no, I don't do that. 
I don't even know who you are, Red Fox. <laughs> anyway, for all my ice cream lovers, ladies and gentlemen, and this is uh, you know, all right, this is not a paid sponsorship or endorsement by any stretch of the imagination. We wish it was. <laughs> no, yeah, we do. We do. Uh, we do take those, but uh, this is not as sweet and nice. I heard about it. They were actually, I believe, um, I didn't do my due diligence on on this aspect of the story, but I believe they were on Dragons Den. And that's how they were able to get distribution in Sobeys, in Metro, in in select uh, locations, Fresh Cold, Foodland, um, No Frills. They have, uh, there's a black owned No Frills at the Duffer Mall that that has it. Um, Their website is sweetn, the letter N, nice.com. And uh, that is also their, sorry, their IG tag is at Sweet and the letter N, Nice Ice Cream. And that is also their Facebook page. Sweet and Nice was founded by Charles A. Neal in the 1940s in Trinidad. He discovered his talent for making ice cream at a very young age. And he had a top secret recipe. I'm betting that there's probably some condensed tin milk in there. <laughs> little Ray Neff. <laughs> Maybe a little Ray Neffs uh, for, the, for the rum and raisin. But um, his secret recipe in conjunction with the locally obtained exotic fruits and flavors he transformed his talent into a lucrative business and from the 40s until the 80s there was no one in southern trinidad that didn't know the name neil's sweet and nice many still recall that name today with fondness um and now it is uh being uh you know is being run by his family and it is a delicious ice cream one of my favorite ones is the coconut uh, and I'm not even a big coconut fan, but that's just how delicious the ice cream is. So sweet and nice is our black-owned right. spotlight nice. of today. And like I said, it is available at Select, Sobeys, Metro, Fresh Co., Foodland, Coppas. I don't know what Coppas is. That sounds I like a, here. I, I was about to say, that sounds like it's somewhere in uh, York region or wherever it is you're at. <laughs> and also at No Frills. All right. Support black-owned ice cream businesses, and let's get them into even more uh, super um, grocery stores and supermarkets. All right. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to throw back over to Reddy Fox for this week's edition of Hashtag Sports. All right. Um, Yeah, there's a lot going on in the sports. Again, we'll start with baseball, and we'll work our way to basketball. From most interesting to least interesting, and there's a fly here that's, like, attacking me, trying to get my face trying to do the show here and i got a fly on my face so the jays are still sitting in fourth place in the al east and um you know they've been up and down inconsistent they win they lose they win they lose and uh the tampa bay rays are still in first place and the white Sox and the oakland a's are still leading their divisions as well and in the national league the mets the cubs and the giants are still in first place there also so the jays started a four-game series with the boston red Sox yesterday so it's a four-game series over the weekend uh today's game starts at four o'clock sunday's game starts at one o'clock and then Monday's game starts at 7 o'clock. And then Tuesday, the Jays start a three-game series hosting the New York Yankees. And then that's followed by a three-game series with the Baltimore Orioles on the road and, with the Baltimore and I've got Orioles. That all of, I've got that all in my schedule. And I'm going to watch all of those games. So, again, I don't know if I keep asking you this every week. I know the answer for Nina already. You don't ever just chill and watch a Jays game? Hell no. Oh, my Hell God. No. And not by choice. If I do, it's because I'm eating upstairs and my grandpa's watching it. Your grandpa <laughs> loves the Jays. Holy bro, that guy loves the Jays and the Leafs till he dies. Like I love the Jays. I love the Jays. Like he's he even watches the reruns on during the middle of the day. That's a bit much. 
Like, uh, he's there at, like, 11 o'clock in the morning, and it's a rerun from last night that he was watching when I went to bed. And he knows the results of the game, and he still watches it. Still watches it. He still watches it. That's a real I love Jays the fan. Jay, I love the Jays, too. I love the Jays, too. Your, just, your grandpa's a real Jays fan. Okay. And so. Leafs. He does the same thing for the Leafs, too. Oh, wow. Okay. All right. Well, let's move on to the NHL. So the second round matchups are pretty much done almost. Um, the Canadians play the Jets, and they beat the Jets. So sorry, this fly keeps attacking me. Um, so the Canadians beat the Jets. They swept them for nothing. So they, they won the North Division. Should that make Leafs fans feel better? Yes or no? Why? Uh, yeah. Uh, when I watched sports, when I did watch sports... Like, yeah, like, we, uh, like, it was always a thing, like, all right, once your team is out, you just want to vote for the Canadian team that's making it further and just ride with them, even though I know Leafs fans hate the Canadians. I'm going to get to that in a sec. But yeah. I'm just saying, doesn't it make Leafs fans feel better at least to know that you got beat by the team that went on to win the whole division? Like, it sucks to lose to someone and then they just lose in the next round. So what was the point, right? And nobody expected the Canadians to sweep the Jets. So I don't know if that should make Leafs fans feel a bit better. Or not? I don't know, but I I'm guess. asking I the mean, wrong I, people here right now. I know. No, that no, much. no. I, well, yes, you are definitely asking the wrong people. But I will weigh in a little bit and say that I, I suppose, I suppose that is a you know a nice consolation. But to be the number one seed, to favored to win the championship, to lose to the to the basement dwellers in the first round. I don't think that there's anything that can make Toronto fans feel better about that. Probably not. And they're going to feel worse when I get to this part of the story a little later on about the Leafs and the Canadians, that is. But the Colorado uh, Colorado and Las Vegas, the West Division, Game 6 was on Thursday. Uh, Vegas was leading 3-2 to two at that time. So who knows? There's possibly a Game 7 tonight between Colorado and Las Vegas. Who knows? Uh, the New York Islanders beat the Boston Bruins 4-2 to two in their series. No one saw that coming. There were a fourth division, the Islanders as well. Or at least I didn't see it coming. So um, that was surprising. And in the Central Division, Tampa Bay won that series against Carolina 4-1. to So almost all the divisions have been decided with the exception of uh, Colorado and Las Vegas. And who knows what happened on Thursday. So there could be a Game 7 tonight. Maybe, possibly, Vegas won the series on Thursday. Nobody knows. Um, but real quick now. So because the Montreal Canadiens won the North Division, they lit the CN Tower up in the colors of the Montreal Canadiens and Toronto fans were not happy about this, not one bit. So suck I want it up. <laughs> what Nina? <laughs> I said suck it up. <laughs> Nina, no. One person said on Twitter, "This is not cool." What are you thinking, CN Tower? No matter what, you don't cheer for your bit of ri- your bit of rival. Turn the damn lights out. <laughs> Another person said, "Haha, wow, mad respect to the CN Tower staff for trolling their own city." So let me ask you guys this now. The Montreal Canadiens are the last Canadian team now in the NHL playoffs. As a Leafs fan or as a Torontonian, we don't really mess with them. Should there be some sort of patriotism here in sports? Like, should you still root for the Canadian team, even though your team is not in there anymore? My dad always says, as a Canadian, you should just root for the Canadian teams. And I say no. But what do you guys say? Oh, listen, listen. These guys, <laughs> no, because, like, I'm tired of it from these Leafs fans. Like, you guys, 54 years, and you still keep dropping the puck. Like, 
Like, you can't even be mad anymore. There's nothing to be mad about anymore. I'm not even joking anymore. Like, yeah, there, there should not be no... If somebody at the CN Tower who works at the CN Tower likes the Canadians and they're proud of their team, they have every right to be because their team actually did something and accomplished something thus far. Anyone who's a fan of the Leafs still after this year, bro, I don't trust your judgment on anything. Like, nothing. Ready, ready, mute her mic. I wish I mute could. Mute her mic. I wish I could mute mute her mic i would have sacrilege almost from the beginning from when she started because i could see where she was going with this but what what do you say solitaire does should there be patriotism in sports as a canadian should you be rooting for the montreal canadians or does your loyalty to the leafs override your canadian patriotism my loyalty to the to the leafs overrides my canadian patriotism but uh you know I'll tell you this. If PK was still playing for Montreal, I wouldn't feel so bad. But I will say whoever whoever put those lights up on the CN Tower, they're clearly from Quebec. I'll tell you that right now. I will bet dollars to donuts that whoever was responsible for putting those lights up on the CN Tower, they are secretly like they live in what? Toronto, but they're like Montreal is home. And they did that. <laughs> And it was a, or maybe, it was or troll. maybe we just don't have to be petty all the time. Maybe we can yeah, just support no. Montreal. Perhaps I don't know. I mean, we don't have to be. I agree. Being petty, being petty is yeah. a choice. We don't have to be. Oh, petty. I choose to be petty. I'm not exactly. rooting for Montreal. Exactly. I can't root for Montreal. I can't root for Ottawa, and I can't root for Vancouver. Those are the three Canadian teams that I hope they don't win the Stanley Cup. <laughs> I don't mind if Edmonton or Calgary or Winnipeg wins it, but. No Edmonton, or no Calgary, or no, sorry, no Calgary, no Montreal, no Ottawa, no Vancouver. No thank you. Uh, you should start hoping that your own team doesn't win the Hey, game. hey, hey, hey. Stop it. That, then. Oh, Nina. All right. Mute her mic. I wish I could, but just some stats real quick. Canadians represent 42% of the players in the NHL. So I was surprised by that. Not surprised by that, actually. Um, and the Canadian cities that produce the most NHL players, do you guys want to take a guess, or did you already look at the page? You already know. I, already looked. I didn't look. You already looked. Okay, well, Toronto and uh, Edmonton. Okay, go ahead. Uh, I already heard you. Okay, well, Toronto and Edmonton are tied for first uh, for, the, for producing the most NHL players. Who do you think is second? Um, Ottawa. No. <laughs> and I, why would... I, I know no. a lot of people in Ottawa who play you know hockey. What? Let's not play this game with Nina. We're just going to say the rest. So Montreal, Winnipeg, and Calgary, two, three, and four. Those are the cities that produce the most NHL players. But Toronto and Edmonton produce the most. And looking at the NBA playoffs, who are you guys rooting for? There's only uh, eight teams left, soon to be four teams. Brooklyn versus Milwaukee, Philadelphia versus Atlanta, Phoenix versus Denver, and Utah versus the Clippers. Who are you guys rooting for? Phoenix. Nice pick. Me too, Nina. I heard, yeah, I heard Devon Booker was doing some good things, and I know he's dating Kendall Jenner. Oh, oh that's why you're okay. Yeah. All right. Um, I was so, waiting for the tie-in. I was waiting for the tie-in. I was like, Phoenix, why? Because <laughs> my answer was, I, I literally have not been paying any okay. attention. All right. So, to the bro- NBA, but I will say, I will say this: I know who I don't want to win. The Clippers. The Clippers. Good for you, Solitaire. Good for you. So anyways, in the East, uh, Brooklyn versus Milwaukee. Brooklyn's been leading the series 2-0. They played on Thursday, so who knows? It could be 3-0 by now. But Game 4 goes tomorrow, Sunday, at 3 o'clock. Philadelphia versus Atlanta. That series was tied at one apiece, and they played last night, Friday night. 
So who knows what happened there. But Game 4 goes on Monday, and then Game 5 goes on Wednesday. In the West, Phoenix versus Denver. Game 3 was last night. Phoenix was up 2 nothing before the game last night. I'm rooting for Phoenix. Um, game 4 is tomorrow, Sunday. starts at 8 o'clock. And for this, this is the only real series where I'm like, I need Utah to win this. It's Utah and the LA Clippers. Now, they played on Thursday. Utah was up one nothing at the time. So game three is tonight. That starts at 8.30. And then game four is on Monday. That starts at 10 o'clock. And I'm just wanting the Clippers to get clipped. Let's see if hey. they get clipped. But we'll see. Who knows? But um, So that's it for sports. And um, go Phoenix. <laughs> go Phoenix. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to ride with Phoenix just based on more so what Reddy had to say than Nina. Sorry. <laughs> so I was like, Phoenix, eh? Kendall Jenner. I, I, yeah, all right. Yeah. All right, let, let, listen, uh, thank you very much, Reddy Fox, for keeping us uh, for keeping us non-sports fans up to speed on what the hell is going on in sports. And now, to bring it on home, ladies and gentlemen, let's have a little fun with No Better Nina and her No Better Take. Okay, so I came across on social media, yeah, I knew you were going to say that, a video. Um, and basically, it was this girl, she was talking about how people always say marriage is just a piece of paper. And she's like, okay, so then let me have your deed. Let me have your degree, your car registration, your winning lottery ticket, a $100 bill. Those are all pieces of paper, but you won't give them to me because pieces of paper hold value. Now, I believe we've gone over this before, but do you think marriage is just a piece of paper? Who do you want to go first, Nia? You. And it. No, of course not. Don't be ridiculous. That's that, obviously anybody who says that should not be in a relationship. They're obviously not mature enough to be in a in a relationship. That's a that's a stupid thing to say. And uh, ready? What do you think? I disagree too. Um, I I say I kind of say yes and no because I can see and I've known of couples who are not necessarily married, but they might as well be married. But they don't. They they say that like we don't need that piece of paper. We're together. We plan on being together forever and ever, kind of thing. But it's just what your perspective is about what marriage means to you, and if you hold it to be sacred, right? So that piece of paper can mean something. So I lean more towards that, though. I will say it's more than just a piece of paper. I agree. I, oh, I thought one of you was going to disagree today. <laughs> um, I agree. Marriage is definitely more than just a piece of paper because I feel as though. When you're like, it's the same thing. Like the closest thing I compare can compare it to personally is going from the talking stage to being someone's girlfriend. Like in the talking stage, I don't have the right to ask you, Oh, who are you hanging out with? When are you hanging out with them? What time are you going to be back? But when I'm your girlfriend, I have the right to do that because I have the right to know you get certain privileges with each step and becoming a wife has even more privilege. Instead of asking you, I'm going to go with you. So, like, that's the way I see it. I definitely don't see it as just a piece of paper. And when this girl pointed out, like, all these other pieces of paper that we hold so much value in, I was right. like, yeah, it definitely, definitely makes sense. Um, For you guys, oh, sorry, go ahead, ready? No, I was going to say, and part of getting married is, like, your commitment to someone in front of people for them to witness it and going through that procedure brings that piece of paper but it's the fact that you were willing to do that in the first place that gives it the value right exactly right. um for you guys both now like uh like do you guys want to get married like is that something that you're like really going for or is it something that's like eh, if it happens it happens i think if it happens it happens i uh 
I like, I believe in the sacrament of marriage, not even necessarily in the religious context, but in the context of, you know, formalizing your commitment to somebody. And um, what I would say is for me, my belief in marriage is if you want to have a family, if you want to have a family, if you want to have children, then I believe that's when the value of marriage kicks in because that's what it defines. It's like you're to, to, till death do, do us part means that you're committing to, you know, raising a family. If I, if you don't want to have kids, then it doesn't make any sense really to get married because you can live common law and you can still have like, you can legally be a couple and, and still benefit. But the, the sacrament of marriage is specifically uh, for me having to do with having a family. So being that I do want to have a family, I would like to, if I was, if I were to find a woman who wanted to get married, I would do it, but it's not, wouldn't be for me specifically. Right, yeah. Um. What about if you have kids before you get married? Then what, how do you feel about it? Then it's like, whatever, don't get married. Then I feel like a failure. <laughs> Is that bad? No, <laughs> no, because there's, I'm the same way. Like I, like I was mentioning to you guys how my boyfriend's like, Oh, what I have kids right now. And I'm like, bro, no, like, I want to get married first and then have kids. Like I want a home for us to have our kids in our own home. Like, you know, good for you, Nina. And not to say like, obviously that was a pretty callous way for anybody who did have a kid out of wedlock. It's not a judgment thing, but I know. know. But I mean, it was funny though. It was a good, it was good for the, it was good for the radio bit. But point being for me personally, as far as my values and it's like, it's important that you, that you pay respect and honor your value system. And, for me, I would I feel like I would be failing myself if I were to have a kid and not be in a committed relationship. Whether or not it's marriage or not is is not necessarily the defining thing, but it would ha- I would like to be in a committed relationship before I would have a family. Yeah. Ready? How about you? Yeah, no, it's if it happens it happens kind of thing like a, you know, I'm not necessarily upset if it doesn't happen per se but if it does great like it's a blessing or whatever but i'm i think this is just an old-fashioned way of looking at things and i don't know if a lot of people still hold the the same kind of you know sacred thing that marriage is today as maybe for us growing up younger or whatever and even going back further or whatever because i feel like people just feel like if they're together and they're committed to each other that's good enough and that's where this whole idea of it's just a piece of paper thing comes from right but Mm -hmm. for me personally if it happens it happens great but yeah it's more than just a piece of paper and going through that whole act of you know making those vows in front of your your family and friends that matters i think that's important and i think that that kind of shows the person that you're marrying how serious you are about them obviously right yeah, I I agree. Um, I better get married. <laughs> I'm interested to hear what somebody's comments are because that's really where the yeah. Fun is. So okay, so one of them, my favorite one that I'm gonna uh, read out is uh, for people who said marriage is just a piece of paper. Say that loud and proud when you're listed as a special friend in the obituary, or when you're told you're not family when Bay is in the hospital and you're calling for information. That's a good point. That's a really good point. Um, Someone else said, people say marriage is too much of a commitment, but then have a whole baby. Like That commitment is literally until you or your child dies. That's true. Yep. Um, Another one, can you please tell that to these employers out here? U.S. Oh, no, not U.S. Us decreed millennials have been trying to tell this to employers for years. 
again, also very true. That piece of paper has seemed to lost its value. Mm-hmm. Um, um, okay, and then this one woman said that basically she said, only thing I don't like about this is how she's making it seem like marriage is the end-all be-all. Some people don't aspire to be someone's spouse, and that's totally fine. Not saying people should knock or downplay another another's union, but marriage is not the ultimate goal for everyone. Not being married or being married does not have anything to do with one's value. That's where did she where did she that's a whole lot of uh, projection on her part. Yeah. And then she goes on. She says, if you aspire to be married, that's a blessing. Uh, if you don't, that's fine. Come, this is coming from someone that does want to be married. Just saying. So I feel like she just didn't get engaged to the guy she wanted to get engaged to. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, like, I, I understand where the sentiment that marriage is just a piece of paper comes from. But like, it really it doesn't emphasize the point that they're getting at, which is the commitment is not on the paper. It's with the, it's with the people who are in the relationship. Yeah. But if you are in the relationship, like if I'm committed, if I know I'm with a woman and I, again, like I said, for me, it's not about the ceremony. Like I would, I would elope, like I would just have like a small wedding just to make that commitment. Cause I think there is an importance in like, you know, expressing your commitment to each other in the company of your closest friends. You would right? elope? I would elope, yeah. Hell yeah. Would you, Would you, Nina? I recently started thinking about that, to be honest. See, the only thing I don't... The only thing I don't like about the whole elope thing is that you, you cut out your friends and family that would have wanted to be a part of that special day. Like, even if you elope and get married, would you not still at least have some sort of wedding ceremony or thing to celebrate with your friends and oh, family? Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah, most definitely. When I say elope, but that's what I mean, like, for the, for, and that's what I was going to say, like, me personally, I could not be married and be okay. I could be in a committed relationship and be like, listen, I'm committed to you for life. This is what we're going to have a family. And again, if I'm going to be in a committed relationship, it's to have a family. Otherwise, I'd just be dating. And if I'm going to commit to you, then it's about you and me. And then I would like to have like whatever, a justice of the peace or whatever the case is. And we could do that. And then just with my friends and family be like, yo, come out, have a party and then have something for everybody to celebrate. But the idea of marriage being just a piece of paper is for people who just it's probably they're just not really into committing. Well, I think just the attitude towards marriage has changed over the years. I agree a thousand percent with Reddy. It's not very often that people want to get um, married in this generation at all. Um, last comment, sis, you fine, but go to hell. Marriage is absolutely just a piece of paper. <laughs> and that is the sixth edition of No Better Take. Amazing. Amazing. Thank you very much, Nina. Uh, I can't wait to go to your wedding because I know the food is going to be amazing. Yep. And I'm probably going to have to Uber there because I'm going to drink my face off. <laughs> So uh, hurry up and get married, okay? All right. <laughs> Give me like three more years. Hey, I, I got time. I got I got time. All right. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, that is our show for this week. We made it through. We pulled it across the finish line. It wasn't pretty. Wasn't pretty because there was a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of uh, darkness that we had to go through. But it's important to 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 pay homage to those kind of things. And you know, it's been a rough week. Make sure you're taking care of yourself, giving your space some time to relax giving yourself some time to relax and we appreciate y'all any last words from you ready fox nina anything you guys want to share stay safe have fun outside enjoy the weather if you can and just you know still be careful out there just because things are reopening and people are getting vaccinated you should still be careful and be patient with your servers this weekend if you're going out yeah and tip your waiters big time 
Good advice. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, that is our show for this week. Uh, last, for those of you who are choosing or have got your first dose of the vaccine and you're, you are looking to get your second dose as of Monday, you can, if you are living in one of the, uh, the Delta hot zones, you can accelerate your second dose. So, uh, as of Monday, June the 14th, you can go online and book your second dose. Okay. For those of you who are, are interested in the vaccine, but that's our show for today. We appreciate y'all make sure you follow us on Instagram and Twitter at hashtag vibe one Oh five. And we will speak at y'all next week. Much love. That's our show. Any last thoughts for our heart, for our podcast? There was stuff I was thinking to say, and I forgot about marriage. I don't know about sports. Maybe. I don't know about Kendall Jenner. (laughs) <laughs> Not at all. But hey, you know what, Nina, though? I want to see the this actual video of this girl that's talking about this because uh, I just want to see what she looks like. But Oh, yeah. So she is pretty. She's really pretty. I'll yeah, I can't, I can't tell. <laughs> <I'll>... <laughs> yeah, I can't because it's all blocked out. What is, I mean, like, what, why, what was the context of her even having that discussion? I don't know. She just randomly brought it up and was doing a rant in her car. And I was like, all right, cool. I'm going to use this. <laughs> this works for me. I honestly thought that one of you was going to say, yeah, it's just a piece of paper. So I'm like, okay. Who, who do you think that was going to be? I honestly thought it was going to be you. <laughs> well, see, here's the thing. <laughs> I, I, I do think, but I understand what she's, what immediately changed my context is the, is the perspective that she put it in. Which yeah. makes sense. Like when you talk about a deed to the house and that kind of stuff, it's true, but Really, when it comes down to it, yeah, marriage is just a piece of paper. That's why divorce is 50, that's why fifty percent of people who get married get divorced. Yeah, yeah, but it's not that because it's just a piece of paper. It's just because they don't value marriage. Exactly, but it has, and, and which, has nothing to do with the piece that, of paper. Per which se. means that it's like the paper represents the concept of marriage ultimately. So if it's just like a piece of paper, which it just means that marriage is just another form of a relationship that can come to an end. I guess. So I I do think it is just a piece of paper because, and I think it's become that because it's so easy to get divorced. And I think that not that I think that there's anything wrong with getting divorced. I think it's, I think the fact that people have an option to exit what could potentially be a toxic relationship and a toxic relationship is important. So not that there's anything wrong with divorce, but anyway, you're the only, we're the closest one. You're the closest one to getting married. So you let us know how that shit works out. <laughs> right. You guys will be there to witness it. I will. 100%. Oh, we so Nina's, finest. So we're, we're wrapping up soon, but Nina's going to take advantage of the city reopening. You're, you're hitting the patios this weekend, eh, Nina? Yep. I'm going to Lavelle. They no longer, so I think a lot of places probably implemented this that used to be clubs and stuff um, that turned into restaurants. I remember last summer, a lot of them had minimum spends, which is why I never went. Like, my cousin was like, Lavelle was like 80 bucks or something. And it was all seafood. I don't like seafood. But now this year, I checked their menu. They updated it. And I emailed them. And I was like, is there a minimum spend? They're like, no, we've turned into a fully functioning restaurant instead now. So wow. there's no minimum spend. So I feel like a lot of places might have done that. So Pay better. Yeah, you guys should go check that out. But yeah, I have the next uh, no, no. three weeks booked. Patios. Nice. Yeah, me and my one me and my one <laughs> dose vaccinated self. I'm hitting the streets, baby. I'm going to a video shoot tomorrow. <laughs> I might even open I might even open tongue kiss a, a, a video of this <laughs> in the mouth. Oh okay. god. Right. 
not need that visual. <laughs> I just kidding. I, I just, you know, I said that I was talking to my boys already. I was talking to Zamani. He's like the the new the new raw dog is is open is open mouth kissing with oh, girls in, in the pandemic. Right. Yeah. <laughs> It's true, a stranger. If you if you're open mouth kissing a stranger today, you're rolling the dice, bro. You're rolling the God, dice. I don't have to deal with none of that. Yeah. Uh, hey, listen, listen. The only reason I was just thinking about it, like it's it's been a year since I broke up from mm-hmm. my last relationship. So it's it's pretty much yeah. It's been I'm a I'm a year I'm a year long virgin. Oh, Facts. Okay. Oh my God. Yeah. I, Long as I ever lasted, being a virgin was nine months. Yeah, but you're young though. Your libido is like out the sky. For me, it's kind. Of, don't get me wrong, it's it's a dry spell. I'm I'm <laughs> not at all thrilled. That's why I'm going to this video shoot tomorrow. I'm like, you know what? I need to be in the presence of some young ladies <laughs> that are sweaty and scantily clad. Oh my! All right. For um, for ambiance, for ambiance. But I'm also 45, so I I, I you know I've definitely you know, sown my royal oats. Yeah. So it's it's actually pretty, it's been pretty good because it's allowed me to focus on on my career and my business. So it, it has been a welcome break, but I, I, I'd like it to come to an end. I, I would like that. <laughs> I'd like it to come to an end. I think it's time. You hear how you're saying it too, come to an end? <laughs> <laughs> wow, good one. I'm just saying. You didn't even I think see that's, that? I think that I... That wasn't even deliberate, but I think that's the appropriate place oh, to end this To podcast. come to an end. <laughs> to come to an end. <laughs> oh, man. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, we appreciate y'all so much for tuning in, tuning in and rocking with us every week. Many, many thanks on behalf of DJ Ready Fox and No Better Nina. Yours truly, Solitaire. Have a great week. Stay safe, and we'll talk at y'all next week.